The following program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of the sponsors, Broadway Media, or any school district, their respective managements or employees. Geekshowpodcast.com, brand new episode. Name of the episode is More Wet Nap. I don't remember why. Let's listen together and find out. A lot of great stuff on this uh, episode. Won't lie to you. A lot of things happening uh, on this. It's packed. Uh, not only do we uh, get your broken news and uh, all that, we review uh, uh, Once Upon a Deadpool. We review Creed 2, The Favorite, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Just go see that one. Definitely. Um, I'll just tell you that now before we even get there. Stay till the end, and Jimmy Martin interviews celebrities. Fred Savage, he's going to interview uh, from uh, Once Upon a Deadpool, and uh, The Favorite, which which is Jimmy's favorite movie of the year. The Favorite is The Favorite. Uh, Joe Alwyn, Rachel Weisz, and Emma Stone at the end of this episode. So stick around for all that. I want to thank our sponsors, of course, for making this uh, whole show possible. Dr. Volt's Comet Connection, open seven days a week. Hold service is free. With that, you get a 10% discount of $20 or more. And the previews catalog for free at 2043 East, 3300 South, Dr. Volt's Comet Connection. Cabin Fever, of course, wishing you the happiest of the holiday season. From retro games and puzzles to books, gift wrap, and greeting cards, they are inside Trolley Square Mall at the corner of 500 South and 700 East. Cabin Fever, so much more than a card store. Twin Sons Cafe, Chef Daniel has started a GoFundMe campaign for the cafe to generate some working capital. He needs a beer and wine license, that kind of thing. Go to GoFundMe.com and search Twin Sons, S-U-N-S, Cafe, and it will pop right up. Also, Black Velvet Boutique, open seven days a week. Our favorite locally owned sexual wellness resource has moved to their new location, 595 South State Street in Clearfield. Go to BlackVelvetBoutique.com or just to go and see them up there in Clearfield, Don and Leah. Haster Games, not only does Haster carry the best selection of the latest board games and magic products, they will buy your pre-owned board games and magic products. Located at 6831 South State, open 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Saturday, noon to 5 on Sunday, a great place to stay and play. Booze Teak, they have all your holiday party wine and cocktail essentials and great gifts. Get 15% off of your entire purchase when you tell Ivy, Geek Show says hey. They're located at 315 East Broadway in downtown Salt Lake City. Open 11-ish to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. And uh, go say hi to Ivy. All right, let's get to this episode. It's called More Wet Nap. We'll have a commercial or two, and then we'll get right to it. Please to enjoy. Dr. Volts has got what you need this Christmas. Back issues are 20 to 50% off all December long. And with new sales each and every week. December 1st through the 8th, toys and statues are 20% off. The 9th through the 15th, graphic novels are 20% off. The 16th through the 31st, everything store-wide is 20% off. They're open seven days a week, hold services free, and with that you get a 10% discount of $20 or more, and the previews catalog for free. 2043 East, 3300 South. Get what you want this Christmas at Dr. Volt's Comet Connection. This is not your everyday cafe, and this is just one indication. F***ing delicious Twin Sons Cafe is. Go eat there, you should. Mexican-influenced Americana cuisine, daily specials, and they're still rocking home delivery, along with a full-service catering. 
Find comfort food in a cafe inspired by a galaxy far, far away. That's Twin Suns Cafe in Sugar House, 2305 South Highland Drive, just across from the liquor store. Open from 8 to 3 p.m. daily, except Tuesdays. Get details online at twinsunscafeslc.com. Hugs are free. Twin Suns, not your everyday cafe. Out of this f***ing world, it's food is. And we're back. Welcome to the basement. Yes. I hate it when we go. Shannon has to limber up every time we get down here. Well, it's the fact that Carrie makes us all wait in the closet while he wanders around the house moving (laughs) toys. I like it. We've only been gone a week. Yeah, Yeah, but I have to hold my breath the whole time. I'm running out out of vacation time. He has to hold his breath the whole time. I really do. He's Lee George Cade. Hi, everybody. Hi. It's so good to see you again. How are you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we've all been in a closet together for a week. But I know. We got really but close. we couldn't see. It was yeah, dark. we couldn't see. Yeah. It's funny. Every once in a while, he just throws a wet nap in and says, clean yourself clean up. Yourselves. Yeah. Clean yourselves. Yeah. As it turns out, I'm the alpha, because so, they're <laughs> yeah. all my bitches. Yeah, we all get one eighth of the wet nap. <laughs> yeah, my it's closet pretty, bitches. Pretty uh, folks, I, I need your help with the with the fun project. Um, as, as you know, some of you might know this already, I've, I've been a contributing writer for Bleeding Cool now for oh, about five, six weeks. Uh, it's been a really cool job. I appreciate everybody for clicking on my uh, funny little game articles. There's going to be more game articles, but I'm on a secret mission. It's not even secret anymore. It's a huge mission. Uh, I want to be the reviewer that the television series Gotham deserves. So Because uh, that, that show, like Lee George Cade, does not give a fuck. No, it really does <laughs> not. And I I so passively love Gotham for not giving a fuck. Like, yeah. I. I like to have a cocktail and watch Gotham, and sometimes I like to not have a cocktail and watch Gotham just to see what the difference in it is. But really, it's just it's just a nutty show. It so, is. Uh, if you go to the main page of Bleeding Cool and click the contact section, there's a drop down menu that'll let you get to Ray. He's the uh, head well, TV you, writer. You go contact television. Right? Yeah, contact, and it'll it'll give you a contact form, and you can just put in your name and just very nicely request that I become the reviewer for Gotham because I really am. The reviewer Gotham deserves. I think so. I mean, other than that, folks, my life is going so gangbusters right now that that would literally be what could have been the worst year of my life is turning out to be a phenomenal year, and that could be the cherry on Lee's victory Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> before the end of the year, let's get this boy what he wants for Christmas. That's what this boy <sighs> wants for Christmas. It's just a, Won't I just you, want to review Gotham. Won't you help, little Lee? Yeah. All he, all he wants to do is let him review Gotham. Help that's all he wants. Help oh, that's all he wants. He's already he's already watching Gotham. Why don't just let him review it? Just let him write about it so people can see. Right. It's easy. Gee. All right. Uh, you okay, Shannon? I'm not he's doing like Mr. Fucking Happy over here, that's for sure. <laughs> I am super happy. <laughs> Jay Jay I'm not it's op- I'm opposite. Jay last recording said, God, you're obnoxiously chipper. I know. So. He's like he's skinny. And he's happy, and he's glowing. It's it's not Shannon Barnes. I've been using that. I've been using that <laughs> semen treatment on my skin. Oh, <laughs> yuck! I thought it was foreskin. No, it's this 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 this. this they, they call it the they call it the penis treatment. Fetus or something. cells and penises. Yeah, I, yeah, that's helping my skin. I can tell it glows. Yeah, Shannon's just yeah. getting more and more angry. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon doesn't like it when I ah, come to my pub quiz or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday nights, like thirteen eight thirty. It's okay, I guess. <laughs> no, it's great. It's a glowing recommendation. Uh, like one time I'm happy. <laughs> How did the uh, prohibition thing go? Holy shit, it was so great. It was so good. 
Too bad I had to do it from the closet. Yeah, I know, hard. right? You had to live stream from the closet. <laughs> it's difficult. Difficult to MC from the closet. Especially with Kari smacking him yeah, to get his eighth of wet nap back. Yeah, exactly. Give may I FaceTime mistress? <laughs> no, you may not. I love how we turn into Daleks in the closet. You're right. The females have taken over. She has taken over. She's our returning <laughs> champion. Kari. Hi. Hi. I, uh, I like to stream on Twitch. Hopefully by this time I'll be moved into my home and have my actual Twitch studio set up. So follow <laughs> me on twitch.tv at peachykari. That's P-E-A-C-H-Y-K-A-R-I. A whole studio? Nobody kicked A down the door studio. to the closet, did they? Well, it's in the basement, so they're already in the house. The call's coming from inside the home. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> we saw that movie. I know. <laughs> Producer and designated driver of the program, Quad T. Hi. Also, Closet Hog. Closet Hog. Absolutely. I'm a big guy. What do you want me to do? I prefer to refer to him as Love Sack. See? Oh, okay. <laughs> Not so bad. Because sure, you did sleep on him. Yeah, I did. I, I literally just like a plank. I plank on him. You know? I've been gaining weight purposely for yeah. the comfort yeah. factor. She curled up on yeah. his yeah. stomach like a cat. Well, because cat. he gets more wet nap mm-hmm. that way. That, that's also a plus. <laughs> oh, he poops more. I get a fourth of a wet nap yeah. instead of your measly eighth. Ha! I only need an eighth. <laughs> uh, okay, then. Uh, check me out on Twitter at Quad T Tony, or every week here on the Geek Show, or every other week on the Gadget Spot. All right, that's a podcast too. Thank we have you a host. Much. Oh, down down from the high uh, high mountain depths. That doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> no. uh, it's Mr. Kerry Jackson. Oh, hi. Uh, Monday through Friday, six to ten. X ninety six dot com. If you if you have a mind to. <laughs> for been, now, been listening since I was nine. Does that make you uncomfortable? little <laughs> only, only as uncomfortable as i've been listening since i was 17 oh my I've been god listening since i was 15 so yeah, yeah cool. and 17 was a long fucking time ago i was, I was co-hosted at 16 <laughs> what? Aww, that's a fucking truth. It's true it's absolutely true he looks yeah. sad <laughs> no i used to cut school <laughs> no my 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 dear friend ed brass who is my <laughs> attorney uh said to me talking about our early relationship. He says, if I had been your attorney at that time, I would have told you to stop hanging out with a minor that much. (laughs) (laughs) We just went to Lee's Mongolian Barbecue and Oh, that was good. That was good. Bought comic books. Yeah. That was good. uh, You were his ward, right? I was his Robin. And that's 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 the whole reason why they were so into it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like Batman and Robin. I loved Lee's Mongolian Barbecue back in the day. It's in Ogden. It might and still be there. No, it still is. It's still is there. It? I, I don't. Asked. I don't think old Lee comes out to talk to people anymore. I'm going to start selling the like tour day geek show where like we go to places from your childhood <laughs> and, and this like is on a where. bus. Yeah, <laughs> but that guy that used to do the cook this. Oh, the, like I'd never seen anything like it. Kid growing it, up in West Valley. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, for, you you go to this. You know, it's like a buffet, for lack of a better term, and, yeah. and the meat's frozen, and all the vegetables are frozen, and you put them all in a bowl. Yeah. And With you whatever kind of noodles you and want. You, and you yeah. punch, it, and you punch a, it down. There's a newer place called Hoo Hut that does the same thing. Yeah. And, and you'd hand it to the old guy, and he had but this this old guy, he had like a lazy eye and yeah. no teeth. He had, it was like a big <laughs> kettle drum, but it was uh-huh. a grill, and then uh-huh. he would throw your food onto that. And, and just bang it with a stick. And hit it with sticks. <laughs> what? Yeah, hit it with yep. sticks. Helps yep. it cook faster. And it poured huh. water and shit on it, and I was just yep. like, this is fucking amazing. And then he would just, in, <laughs> you know? in one fell swoop, he would be able to oh, yeah. scoop all of it. Right into the yep. bowl. Right into the bowl. And, we're just, and, it's just like, and then you'd go, and, and it was just delicious. Yeah. I like that onomatopoeia. <laughs> and he would, he would but he would like just fly off, and like, it was almost like a superpower, just flying a straight yeah. thing right into the bowl, and he'd be like, Nini. and how he did it, how I many don't know, because I don't think he could see. How many well, of those different kettles did he have? He one. just had one. It was, it's a giant, it's a giant huh. cast iron uh, like there's a big round top. cooktop. Yeah. yeah, 
But, you know, I am a big Trouble in Little China fan, so I know exactly how he did it. Ancient oh. Chinese magic. Oh. Yeah. Ancient Chinese secret. That makes sense. Yeah. Magic. Yeah, but, you uh, see yeah, some serious there, shit, Carrie. Jack. <laughs> if for some reason we're ever in Ogden again, we're going. Yeah, we need to if we're, if we're <laughs> yeah. up there. You should, if you ever uh, need to buy I want to see if they've cleaned it up a little. Dr. Dr. Deborah Jensen is a Lee's Mongolian barbecue fan. Oh, And so Deborah. you should meet up with, bar, uh, with Deborah yes. at Lee's. And yes. uh, you can tell her about the good old days, and she can tell you that you're stupid. And I would... <laughs> And, and you'd be like, yes, yeah. ma'am, may I have another? And I, would, and I would say to anybody who, like me, is trying to be a better feminist, follow Deborah Jensen oh. on Twitter. She's, she's, an, she's an amazing human being. She's All will love her being. and despair. Yes. Yep. All right, let's start with this story. Uh, this is a story from England, so that means we get to try on our English accents. Oh, okay. I, retired, travel. I retired mine. What? What? It's fucking you, ridiculous. I can't what? believe that. I retired That's mine because my wife brought it to my attention that I'm all of my Bell. accents... Sound like Apu from The Simpsons, <laughs> oh. and are therefore well, ah. not good. Ah, okay, so. well, she's not wrong. Well, I'm, I'm Christian Bale, and I'm stuck in a closet. Uh, uh, Glenn, if you're listening, he's our friend in England. Um, His wife tur- gets turn mad your at wife him. Away. Tur- Turn off the. What? Oh, and James. Turn off, what, what? Turn off the podcast. Glenn. Do you guys remember James from the last episode too? He's from England. Yeah. James, in mm-hmm. our letter. Yeah. So James is probably Ireland. a fan. Ireland. Ireland. He's probably a fan oh, because of Sweeney. our British Ireland. I don't have an Irish accent. Why you talking? Why you talking? You just right. spoke Irish. Right. I, just <laughs> asked, I just asked Sweeney in Irish, please, can I sleep, sleep on your couch? I knew it. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars fan living in the southeast county of Devon, England. Oh, County Devon. Hey, can I come sleep on your couch? <laughs> That's Has, your question for everyone. He's been ordered by the local government to remove a 14-foot-tall ATST replica <laughs> that he had hoped would bring attention to the town. 14 feet tall? What's this? This dipshit's name? He's doing a public service. No, it's eight feet to too short. Oh, <laughs> he's that's why they want him to take it uh, down. Okay, yeah. and I we, get it. And we all this know is not how, accurate. We all know how important. Like accurate, son. We all know how important scale is to <laughs> me. Scale's a relationship breaker. Well, actually, with me. actually, what? actually what? I, well, let's see. Fourteen says I think they're more like thirty-six feet tall. Let's find out. The ATATs. Too tall. Uh, ATSD. Uh, um, ATSD is, is the too small. It's transport, small. sir. It's the That's chicken walk. Small. It's not the ATPT. No. It's not the ATAT. It's the chicken walk. That chicken yeah. walk is too small. Uh, the monstrous tack veal uh, vehicle sits near a road. <laughs> was initially built by Dean Harvey for his children. Uh, he told the BBC, "The reason I built it." Yes. Was a den for my daughters. <laughs> was a den for my daughters. It's all, den. it's all made out of steel and weighs about two and a half tons. I'm so Ooh. upset with myself. Why? I was off by four feet. Oh. They're not 24 feet tall. They're 28 feet They're tall. 28 feet tall. You better yeah. end so, that relationship with yourself. But, well, but, oh, I'm, I'm going to go back in the closet, guys. But Christian the point Bell is, is demoting you. But the point is 14 feet. That's not scale. It's half scale. Uh, 99% of the comments have been positive, but obviously you have people that don't like it. It's a scary robot. You can't please everybody all the time, he told the BBC. He now has 21 days before the council moves forward having it removed because they say it distracts the drivers. Well, you can't, you can't have people having chicken walkers running around in the city all willy-nilly like they like. Cr- cross-dressing, Yoda. That sounded Yoda. nothing like Apu. You know, it's a, mis- a Mrs. English rude of no Cross-dressing we'll put- Yoda English woman. We put, <laughs> we put up this ATST because it makes Russians think Baba Yaga's here. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a house. Keeps oh. the Russians out. I think Quanti Tony wins for the best accent there award. There you go. <laughs> Damn it, I just debuted... My new character. 
Lady Yoda. Lady Yoda. <laughs> the, the Duchess of Dagobah. <laughs> I was trying for the Duchess of Lower Cockshire, but can I can I have some Lady Yoda? I love Let's hear it. <laughs> you, you, I don't, don't mind. Turn you on. You have to do so, it. You're a lovely boy, Carrie. <laughs> you have to do it's Miss Piggy. I don't that, have the accent now. Is that? Oh, is that, oh everybody's having a hard time with my accent. <laughs> I'm a beautiful lady. I am so sorry, Glenn. <laughs> say say I'm the Duchess of Dagobah. Oh, the Duchess of Dagobah. <laughs> I am. Oh, Glenn, Glenn, I am so sorry. I am oh, so sorry. You scared now? You will be. I'm gonna vomit. Go and attempt to eat, have you? That's, a, that's your best voice ever, Lee. That's your best one. How'd so- you get so fucking big and so shitty food? <laughs> Why don't make someone great, you fucking sword? What the fuck is going on here? Lift the X-wing out of the... Lift the, the X-wing out of the muck, you Tulsa. Yeah. Oh, what, get your torch out of your head? And come down, do your studies. Go down to cave. Fight your dare. Tulsa, Fuenka. Lady Yoda. We're going to go to dinner <laughs> to Lee's Mandalorian Barbecue. <laughs> Ow! I don't know what gets all that shit up on a plate. It's all magic. <laughs> all right. Oh, oh my uh, face hurts. Okay, so while we're on Star, while we're on Star Wars, more Star Wars, now? more Star Wars. This is yeah. we t- we kind of mentioned it last week. It's like this my is, birthday every day. This is the this is the good news. Um, the uh, the the Cassian Andor TV series. Uh, for Disney Plus that we talked about. I just want to make out with that show. Has uh, has enlisted a showrunner for the series. <laughs> Stephen Schiff yep. will oversee the series. He just recently got done with a little show you may have heard of called The Americans. Yes. Um, he, That's a spy show too, yeah. isn't it? Uh-huh. He is also behind uh, American Assassin and Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. Uh, but he did a he he won Emmys, the Americans are nominated for Emmys yeah. for the Americans. The Americans is some tense, tense, tense storytelling. Now I watched the first season and a uh-huh. half, and I dropped out. And I heard that it got better yeah. actually. Yeah, it it got into the uh, pressures of of perhaps not necessarily agreeing with the motherland anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a good show. It's a very good show. Uh, but uh, he is the he is going to oversee the series. Uh, Diego Luna as Cassian Andor will follow the rebel spy during the early days of the rebellion. I'm genuinely excited, though. I will watch it. Now, I, don't, I, I like that character. It. Now, I'm yeah. trying to remember. Did did K2 just meet Cassian? No, they've been together for a while. They had been together but for a while. the series could get into that. Because that's what I want to see. Yeah. Because K2, K2 was my favorite character. K2SO is fantastic. And somebody's like, oh, well, they can't get Alan Tudyk to do that. Well, sure. Alan Tudyk just did a DC yeah. show two he years would, ago. He Alan totally Tudyk do isn't that. doing anything. Yeah, he's yeah. he's happy to have the work. Yeah. He's, he's no, doing I, a lot of voiceover. Yeah. Thing with thing with Tudyk is that he's got enough money. He can just do whatever the fuck he wants. Well, I mean, just, just Firefly royalties alone. But you think about uh, what, what, was the, what was the British comedy he did with the... Where he where he took acid and ended up naked on the roof of a house. Uh, I know exactly. I can't um, remember what you're. Th- the, the guy's done a shit ton of work. Plus, doing King Candy. Yeah. He's he's making money every time anybody watches Wreck It Ralph. Well, and but my favorite thing that he's done mm-hmm. is when he's playing himself in Con Man. Oh, it's yes. so funny. It's yes. so good. He's so hilarious. he is a brilliant comedic actor that mm-hmm. should be doing that. He's for very. A he's a very very he's funny got, man. He's got range though. Um, 
he was really good in Dollhouse. Yeah, yep. he can he can be. A I bad was actually guy shocked too. at his range. In yeah, Doll- and I I loved Dollhouse, which is unfortunate. I was also ten years younger when it came out, so maybe if I watched it now, I'd hate it. But Dollhouse, <laughs> I like Dollhouse. It was pretty good. Does, didn't yeah. get where it needed to go. Yeah. I don't think it had the time. But didn't they, establish. They really pushed. They really pushed some some boundaries. I remember. It. It. I, yeah, well, I remember being like, "This is on Fox. This is yeah. like a it's a prostitution ring, essentially." I mean, basically, and it was really it was really especially, good. Especially whenever Patton Oswalt show up. Yep, I, and that was the last syndicated series I remember watching. <laughs> Was was waiting for it every single week mm-hmm. and sitting like that's the last time I remember watching TV. Like now, that. now I, I, I again I want to manage expectations. Yeah, I'm very excited about all of this stuff, but I also want you to remember how lucky you are to have this stuff at all. Yes, at all. Bitch about it because so weird. I mean, you know, no, you're gonna they're they're gonna complain about because it. Because I, I, mean, I remember watching. You know, you'd rent the the VCR, which was. Huge, right. like a suitcase, and it's ten bucks a night. And and you'd rent the v- VHS copy of Star Wars, and you'd hook it up to your TV at home, and you'd watch it. And I thought to myself at that time, when Battlestar Galactica was on, wouldn't it be great if there was a Star Wars TV show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and we're gonna get two, and now we're getting two, two plus animation, plus animation. Yeah, yeah. plus and I mean, plus yeah. more movies. Yeah, exactly. Plus actually good Star Wars comics. And it's it's, yes. it's funny though because people and games people and games yep. people <laughs> yeah. will complain. I uh, in the game world, uh, people have been complaining about Games Workshop not releasing a new codex for orcs for years. They finally release a new codex at the end of October. It's fantastic. It's a ton of fun to play. It's actually got a sense of humor to it, and people are complaining uh, like there's no tomorrow. But I think what's funny is I think that the complainers are almost always a small part of the demographic it's the overall. the vocal minority. Because yes. if you're yes. happy, what are you doing? You're engaging with the product. Yep. Yeah. Right? You're too busy having fun. To, you're too to, busy having fun. To even say good stuff about it sometimes. Right. And we're going to go visit it soon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We get to go visit the Star, Star Wars. Wars land. Yeah. Oh. It's fucking crazy. Man, oh man. And speaking of visiting things that you love we're so good at this Bam. fucking job dude that was a pseudo segue this is this is specifically for shannon oh no it's never good it's no pre- it's preacher no this is good oh. Oh, well, by the way preacher uh, season four has been thumb, um, thumbs up so i'm okay. excited about that sure. but uh, <laughs> rebellion the video game studio that owns 2000 ad and related properties like judge dread yeah has purchased space to set up a $100 million film and TV studio. Oh, that's really random. The purchase, which is meant to support both upcoming the Dread TV series, Judge Dread Mega City 1, and the Rogue Trooper movie, recently announced by Duncan Jones. Oh! Oh. It's made in London. uh, Baby Bowie's making Rogue Trooper, huh? Uh, Rebellion known largely for video games like Sniper Elite Series, yeah. uh, shooting Nazis, has owned 2000 AD and related properties since 2000, and this move signals that uh, so they're in m- they're more of, yeah more of the adaptations of those works along with possibly original stuff as well. So they were made. involved with the uh, latest Dread movie then. I don't. I don't think so. No, no. Well, that was a- no because they're starting their own movie studio. So. Okay. Well, they own the rights when that came out. They own, so they were slightly involved. Yeah. But God, that was such a good. I'll look it up. If you've never seen that <clears throat> dread movie with uh, Bones in it, what's his name? Carl Urban. Carl, Carl Urban. Urban. Yeah. Oh, Judge yeah. Dredd. Yeah, <laughs> it was so, good so fucking good. It was way good. Yeah. yeah, they finally cracked the code with Judge Dredd on that one. I think. I, I thought it was great. well. Well, what they did is they told a Judge Dredd story. Yeah. yeah. 
Not, like that, not like that fucking. What was the that? Yeah. Movie? If you yeah. want, if you want the ultimate double feature though with Dread, uh, watch Raid Redemption. Yeah, with Dread, and it's yeah. it's basically the same story, just told differently. Yeah. Uh, but Dread's Dread's fantastically done, and Urban nailed it. He nailed it. Oh, he's he's fun to watch in general. Like when he takes to a role, he really goes all in on well, it. Well, yeah, but and I'm that, surprised he still knows how to smile after how much he frowned in that. Oh movie. my god! Yeah. And that was it was jaw acting, but, that, but purely yeah. jaw. But that's yeah. how Judge Dredd looks. In oh every right, fucking for picture, sure. Well, know? and that was part of the deal when they when they cast him. They said, you know, we've got Carl Urban. We got to get his face on screen. We got to have him take off his helmet. And he looked them in the eye and said, No, no absolutely not. Helmet. I'm playing no. Judge Dredd. He does not take off his helmet. Yep. Do you know that there's a Judge Dredd kids book? What? And it's it's his son, son of dread. <laughs> it's son of dread, who's learning how to be a cop. Oh I just imagine God. a tiny Judge Dread. It's for and it, and it looks just like he's like a little kid Judge Dread. <laughs> his jaw stuck out. Yeah. I am the law. Like, <laughs> I'm the law, man. I'm the law. Give me that candy back. I'm the law. Yeah. I saw. I've never read it. I just saw like that it exists, and That's it fucking hilarious. made me laugh. That is hilarious. I gotta see that. All right, uh, let's see. We've got a few more things to get to. We'll get to some broken news right after this. After these messages, messages we'll be right back. Yeah, we will. Our favorite locally owned sexual wellness resource has moved to a new location. Go check out the beautiful new Black Velvet Boutique at 595 South State Street in Clearfield. Now, when it comes to sex, as with any healthy relationship, good communication is key. Being confident in the bedroom is sexy, and knowledge helps you get your most confident, sexy self. Black Velvet Boutique's helpful and friendly staff will answer your questions and find out what you need, or they'll leave you to your own devices. It's entirely up to you. Enjoy the best parts of being an adult with intimate bedroom toys and lingerie from Black Velvet Boutique. Go see the nice ladies at the all-new Black Velvet Boutique on 595 South State Street in Clearfield today. Visit them and uh, mention... The radio show I work on, Radio from Hell, for special discounts. Ask our friends at the store for details. Black Velvet Boutique, their new location, 595 South State Street in Clearfield, or you can go to blackvelvetboutique.com or call them, 801-525-1583. They're open seven days a week. Black Velvet Boutique. Holiday party season is upon us, so it's time to make ready. Boost Teak has your wine and cocktail essentials. Expand your home bar. Make a drink of the night with bitters, mixers, cherries, simple syrups, cocktail shakers. Plus, get a recipe book at Boost Teak for inspiration. Wine enthusiasts will love waiters, corkscrews, aerators, and decanters. Boost Teak also features vintage glassware for all kinds of drinks, coupes, Glencairns, and all types of beer glassware, including Belgian beer glasses. Go say hey to Ivy at Boost Teak. They're located at 315 East Broadway in downtown Salt Lake City. Open 11-ish to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Mention Geek Show and get 15% off of your purchase at Booz Tea. This is not your everyday cafe, and this is just one indication. F***ing delicious Twin Sons Cafe is. Go eat there, you should. Mexican-influenced Americana cuisine, daily specials, and they're still rocking home delivery, along with a full-service catering. Find comfort food in a cafe inspired by a galaxy far, far away. That's Twin Suns Cafe in Sugar House, 2305 South Highland Drive, just across from the liquor store. Open from 8 to 3 p.m. daily, except Tuesdays. Get details online at TwinSunsCafeSLC.com. Hugs are free. Twin Suns, not your everyday cafe. Out of this f***ing world, its food is. 
Dr. Volts has got what you need this Christmas. Back issues are 20 to 50% off all December long. And with new sales each and every week, December 1st through the 8th, toys and statues are 20% off. The 9th through the 15th, graphic novels are 20% off. The 16th through the 31st, everything store-wide is 20% off. They're open seven days a week, hold services free, and with that you get a 10% discount of $20 or more and the previews catalog for free. 2043 East, 3300 South. Get what you you want this Christmas at Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. Broken news, welcome to it. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> Man. Break, breaking into the. Oh, I always feel I'm broken. It's, we do this on Sunday. Yeah. Breaking, in, breaking into the episode uh, entitled More Wet Nap. What did you guys do? Oh, I, I don't know. know. Yeah, I don't remember. That that was, those were some crazy shows. Yeah. Uh, more <laughs> wet nap. We'll be back in a moment. Uh, broken news. We got to do some stuff. Joining me for broken news, Jimmy, Shannon, Jay. Hey, what's up? I'm still on the show. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, always, right. man. Hey, look. <laughs> we do it all the time. I know. <laughs> You're the one that's gone. Yeah. I know. <laughs> me, 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 <laughs> and use, me and you's traveling. I know. I'm about to be that's platinum. Right. Yeah. That's right. Um, I'm about to get silver. I'm about to hit that. No, like for real, I'm about to hit silver, and I'm like real excited. I was actually talking to somebody the other day, and they said when you go from gold to platinum, make you actually know the fucking difference. And I was like, really? Goes, yeah, it gets fun. <laughs> <laughs> Upgrades and free shit. And- you get to join the like Mile High Club. No, but they give you a membership to the Sky Lounge. That's about as good. Okay. That's what you need. <laughs> Listen, even if you don't have a membership to the Sky Lounge, it's worth it to buy it for one one trip. Do even one trip. I, I always tell people if you're gonna spend more than two hours, this is a traveler trip from Jimmy. Yes. If you're on at least I fly Delta all the time. If you're on a uh, a at least two hour layover and you're gonna be having some alcohol beverages, go to the Sky Lounge, pay for the one day admission. If you have the little American Express credit card, it's thirty bucks. If mm-hmm. you don't, it's forty. I think maybe fifty. I but, got, dude, I spent a hundred dollars at a uh, Panda Express. That's, and, a, that's exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. Though. No yeah. shit. Because and then when you go into those places, they have all the alcohol you can want. Yeah. And they have food you can eat. It's Wi-Fi, quiet, no kids screaming. Exactly. It's the greatest place on earth. It's, it's like Disneyland. It. It's totally worth it. Wait, so you so you pay like a cover and everything else yeah. is covered. Everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm that's, telling you. That's, that's the way to go. Yeah, that's and you don't have to have a membership. You buy the one-day pass. So, like, Kat used to get irritated with me when I do it, like when we didn't have the, even the credit card to be 40 bucks. I'm like, if I go to a restaurant, if, and you, get, get, if you get one drink and a meal, it's 30 bucks. Yeah. And mm-hmm. plus tip, boom. Three drinks is $40. Right? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> and in some of those places, some of the sky lounges, I'll be quite honest, some of them are free pour. So you just kind of yep. go to your own discretion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so that's a tip. That's yeah. a tip. If you learn anything from Geek Show today, it's that. <laughs> yeah. The and, more you know. <laughs> and we got to talk about this trailer. Well, we got to. Um, Avengers Endgame trailer breaks the record for the most views in 24 hours. Shit. And that was like the same day. Yeah. That it was released. Um, it, it, the previous record holder uh, was Infinity War. Yeah. With 230 million views. The third was that Lion King teaser that yeah, just so, came out. So what I'm getting from this is that Disney's doing okay. No, they're fine. Okay, they're cool. Doing just fine. They're doing just uh, fine. I got to apologize to our Facebook <laughs> Man, no, no. Fuck that. Don't apologize. It was funny. That shit was funny as fuck. <laughs> it I was. Laughed. I laughed. <laughs> See, like, that's what I did. I So the, so the nerd store got me first, right? So I saw... So the day before the trailer dropped... Uh, <laughs> 
somebody made a thing that looked like it should start a a trailer a trailer and it was just, but it was just a picture mm-hmm. and it said what avengers and that said annihilation so i yeah i i was like oh fuck you know it was at lunch and yeah. i clicked it click click what the fuck was wrong with my Come phone on. i did the same click, thing click 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 yeah and i was like ah oh, god damn it oh they got me yeah, yeah. So I put it on our. <laughs> I have it on the Geek Show page. People got pissed. Fuck that. Take a Come fucking on. joke. Y'all Come gotta on. see. I gotta chill. They got pissed. Did see, you I, see that shit? I didn't see when you posted the night I before, but it. I woke up around like six, six o'clock around that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I did turn my phone on. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I tapped it once. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Because I've seen the joke before, yeah. and I was like, ah, right, cool. That's pretty funny. And then in my mind, I go, I wonder when the trailer does drop. Like that's so why I typed Avengers Four trailer, and all of a sudden, brrrp, and it goes. Uh, posted three minutes ago. Yeah. Like, oh shit! That, so I immediately posted on my page, big movie, a geek show, and I texted Carrie. And I go check this shit out. And I go it just came on like five minutes ago. Well, no, I heard a murmur on uh, Thursday night in a regular heartbeat. Yes, yes. No, but I heard a murmur. It's mine from one of my, <laughs> my my friends in Los Angeles that uh, wake up early on Friday morning. Yeah, and they were just, and I was up. Yeah, and, and I was sure enough, three minutes. Boom! Just dropped. Um, I thought it was kind of a perfect trailer, honestly. I it's thought great. Yeah. absolutely perfect yeah. because gives you enough to tinker with. Exactly, but it <laughs> didn't give anything away. No, right. I told you my theory. I posted on my Facebook page. If if Captain America does not use that time, Jim, to go have his last mm-hmm. dance with Peggy Carter, I'm gonna be sorely vexed. And I, if that <laughs> happens, I will cry. The whole theater will like yeah. a goddamn baby. He's gonna dip her, and it's gonna go credits. <laughs> no trace. Um. <laughs> The title Endgame, we're thinking, is a reference to Doctor Strange's line. We're in the Endgame now. Also, Tony Stark's line from Age of Ultron, up, that up there, that's the Endgame. Yep. Um, so so there's that. It's perfect. Uh, the One of the great moments that we see is Hawkeye, Clint Barton. Yeah. yeah. And this is a big deal for some of us comic book fans because yeah. uh, this is a... This is a uh, should I say character or should I just say suit? Because so many people have worn this suit and called themselves Ronan. Yeah, just Ronan. a suit. So, but uh, he's, he's the most famous for it. He, uh, he quit being Hawkeye and he became Ronan. You know what I think happened? This is me tinkering with the trailer. Uh, his family's gone. That's what I think, too. Could I be. think his family. He's and got, he, went, he's got, he went fucking crazy. He's got no fucking reason to be in that country bumpkin house anymore. He's like, fuck this, and he's I'm pissed. out. Yeah, he's yeah. pissed. Could be. Uh, we get uh, to see very little of Thanos. He's... He, uh, what this website? I didn't even see him at all. What I this, don't recall. They him. showed him no, well, a little bit. Just his hand. It says uh, he gets a Terrence Malick esque moment of his hand running through plant oh, life. That's so I thought, true. I thought it was a gladiator <laughs> with yeah. Russell Crowe's hand. Yeah, Russell Crowe. Yeah. Now the interesting thing was is that you see his armor done up like a scarecrow. Yeah. That yeah. is direct from a comic book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is yeah. uh, Jim Starlin, Ron Lim's The Infinity Gauntlet, issue number six. Yep. Huh. Direct from a comic. book. I remember book. that one. Um. And uh, as far as the uh, thoughts of a time travel plot, I who knows? Well, here's the, here's my one theory is because at the very end, Scott Lang shows I up. I love that. So that was so, it's so funny knocking on the door. But if you see, if you look in the upper left hand corner, what that video file says, archive. Because Cap says, "Is this happening now?" And she goes, "It's the front door." She never said if it is or not. And it says archive, but I think he did, because the first question is, how the fuck did he get out of the quantum realm? Yeah. yeah. So then so he must have figured out something because Michelle Pfeiffer tells him. You know, be careful down there with you know the time stuff. So I think he may have come back because if let's just say he somehow goes in the past, he he knows where that base is based on the first oh, yeah. Ant Man. Yeah, because so he, he he was there. He doesn't know that it was it wasn't something else before. Mm. So he just shows up in his van and starts knocking on the door. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Uh, also in there, we uh, saw 
Um, no black people. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not true. No, I'm fucking with that. Sure, not true. I'm fucking, I'm fucking sure. I just wanted to see. <laughs> I sure. just, I saw an opening. I went for it. Chill, sure, chill, chill. Sure he was there. Um, <laughs> if, if you uh, if you slow it down like so many of us fucking nerds have, yep, yep. Um, you will see that she is uh, on a screen while they're looking at Peter Parker and Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Now... I'm guessing that that's just people that we know have disappeared. Hmm. They don't know that yeah. Ant-Man's still alive, but just in the quantum realm, because he disappeared at the same time as right. everybody Nobody's else. Heard from where he is. Nobody's and heard from yeah, him. Yeah, he disappeared on the same day. Well, same so, with, um, with Peter. With Peter, we knew, because you know we have visuals. We don't know anything about Shuri. So, did she get snapped, or did she go into hiding? She's uh, hiding who, in the who, gym somewhere. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? We don't know. <laughs> the real know. gym. We well, that's a, and that's a that's a throwback to what I believe it's Infinity Gauntlet like issue two. I want to say where they're doing like a they had it on a big computer screen like like who's missing and you mm-hmm. see like Mockingbird is unaccounted mm-hmm. for and like mm-hmm. all Black Widow like all these characters are just gone. Now I'm I'm just doing the numbers of the, of when things were released. Did have you guys talked about the Captain Marvel trailer yet? Uh, we have not. Well, I was saying that was just two days, yeah. two or three days yeah. prior. Yeah. It was. It, it, it was, was like on a Monday or something. And that's. Yeah. And I'm a little. You know, as much as I love the the End Game trailer, I'm a little mad at Disney for releasing it the same week. Yeah. Because it takes the wind out of the Captain Marvel trailer, which <laughs> is was, incredible. Yeah, like the yeah, the that problem. Shit was beautiful. The problem I think what they're having is is because they have so much shit going on that they're just getting backed up like a traffic jam. It's like, yeah. okay, squeeze one out. Okay, can we squeeze another one? Squeeze one out. <laughs> so, but the yeah. but go and watch that Captain Marvel trailer it's number beautiful. two. Okay, it's cool. Ugh. It is great. It, when she's going, what only uh, what I could describe as a ultra instinct Goku, and like because <laughs> like if you watch if you watch Dragon Ball Z lately, it's 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 very like oh shit, she's just spinning and mohawking through shit and yeah. space. I was like, this is fucking cool and. Uh, Samuel Jackson is good to see him look young. I was going to say, right. he looks like he's uh, in uh, Die Hard again. Yeah, yeah. Die Hard? <laughs> yeah, Die, oh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. vengeance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you picked that one up. Huh? I thought you were going to say Coming to America. Four, that's his youngest. <laughs> which equals four gallons. That's one of my favorite scenes in Die Hard Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, God. Can we reenact that one day? No, sure. His, his name is Zeus. Yeah, <laughs> father of Apollo. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, go watch, go watch that one again. Uh, Marvel had a hell of a week. I mean, uh, Black Panther is nominated for best picture, picture. Yeah. best dramatic picture. It's in my what? top. Yeah. At, yeah, at the Golden Globes. Yeah, oh. it's it in my top five with it, Black Klansman. Like we can't hashtag Oscar so white is so outdated these days. <laughs> well, they got one right. Well, yeah. this, is, this, this is the Golden Globes, <laughs> but it's the first time that a superhero movie has been nominated for Best Dramatic Picture at the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First time. That's cool. So, I mean, that was that's a cool achievement right that's there. That's a cool yeah. achievement. And that's then, a cool achievement. And then the other thing that they announced this week, which uh, could be great if oh, yeah. they do I it right. The, I saw this. I was like, careful. <laughs> yeah, they need to be careful. They've yeah. announced their next big screen uh, character that's going to get a movie. Uh-oh. Shang-Chi. Oh, that's right. Master mm-hmm. of Kung Master Fu. Kung Fu. Um, that's his is powers, Disney announcing this? That's, that's, yeah, that's his powers. Has, has been announced. Kung Fu. Kung Fu. And he can make doubles or infinite copies of himself, right? Oh. No. It's just Kung Fu. No, 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 no. no. He, can, he can duplicate himself. No, he can't. With Kung Fu. Dude, it's, it's Googleable. That's bullshit. It's Googleable. Look, look that up. Um, but now here's, here's the problem that we run into. Um, he, the character Shang-Chi, is the son in the comics... 
A Fu Manchu. A Fu Manchu. Um, <laughs> so, and this is a problem because Fu Manchu is not real. He is a, during the, what's called the Yellow Scare time, mm-hmm. where Asians were being demonized by people in the media and press and uh, has, I think, has only been played by white guys in movies. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah, Peter Sellers played him. Uh, God, I Christopher Lee. That Peter Sellers movie, I've probably seen that five hundred times. It was on, on cable. cable at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the perfect casting. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he'd be really good. Yeah, you know. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the problem you're going to run into. But what they want to do, and what they have announced, is that they want to approach it the way that they did with Black Panther. It's going to be Asian director. It's going to be Asian writers. Asian cast. It's it's you know they're going to yeah. what they basically said is we're going to do for Shang Chi what. We did with Black Panther. We're yeah. going to do that. So that's that's the tough part. Yeah, that's the tough. It's part. a it's a it's a tightrope. It is it without either becoming you know offensive or, or yeah. playing it too safe. Yeah, and like it's a. And uh, I would just say that if uh, I finally saw it this weekend, uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, your lead guy there. Mm-hmm. Okay, he'd be good. Okay. Oh yeah, can't remember his name, but I interviewed him. He would be good. Yeah, he's actually really nice. Oh, he good. can create duplicates. No, the fuck, he man. can. Yo, really? See, I never read. I never read Master man, of Kung Fu. I've never seen him do that. No, because my I, pops was on this shit. Like he, because one of my first like comics that he was on it. That's what it was, was. Master of Kung Fu. Yeah, yeah. Huh. See, that's, the only I time the only time I was ever exposed to Shang Chi was when he was in crossovers, and he. And that's was, what, yeah, me too. Avengers. He would show up every now and then, and Ooh. and uh, the stuff like that. I didn't know he could do that. Okay, well, he, he does have some powers. All, All right. right. I thought he was just Kung Fu Man. I thought so, too. Well, he see, was... uh, DC <laughs> announced that they're uh, Well, I was work. just going to say that, mm-hmm. you know, so Marvel's having this big week. Uh-huh. And, uh, I saw this. They yeah. said, uh, you know, one of my hey, characters. hey, DC, what do, you, what do you got? And they said, well, you guys like Plastic Man, right? No, no. <laughs> no, no he is one of my favorite fucking characters. But you need the right director and yeah, writer for yeah. that kind of but, thing. So, like, I have probably ten Funko Pops, yeah. and he's one of them. Yeah. Um. And if they do it right, like right now, there's a great Plastic Man series that's going on. I think what they should do is approach this like Deadpool. Well, I think they should approach it like well, they are already with Shazam. Yeah, Shazam and like, I think Shazam's going to open the door for that kind of DC movie. I, I think Shazam's going to be more like big, and I think that Plastic, Pool, Plastic Man needs to be self-aware. He needs to be aware that, that he's... In a comic? In a comic or in a movie, perhaps. Well, I don't know, funny. but it needs to be a comedy, for the fuck's sake. The old-timey... <laughs> I had a, like, I, for some reason, I ended up with a bunch of, like... Old Plastic Man comics from the God from the forties and fifties. Well, interestingly, uh, uh, Shannon, yeah. uh, Plastic Man wasn't initially a DC character. He was created by Jack Cole for uh-huh. Quality Comics. Quality Comics yeah. in nineteen forty one. And I had some of those, and they were kind of scary. Oh wow! It was like crime. It was like cr- uh, crime noir. Oh yeah, kind of stuff with a goofy Plastic Man in it. Uh, his true identity, Patrick Eel O'Brien, a, Eel O'Brien, a crook turned good guy. O'Brien was part of a gang, and during a botched heist, is shot, and wouldn't you know it, doused with a chemical yeah, liquid, left, the- left for dead, uh, finds out that uh, he can shape shift and stretch his body into uh, anything, thanks yeah. to being the most malleable man alive. It says in the here. real world, the only power you get from something like that is cancer. Usually, no. Mm. Uh, oh, okay. So yeah, but he uh, there was a Plastic Man cartoon mm-hmm. for a while when we were kids, and uh, and then Baby Plast came on. Baby Plast came on. Oh, but don't forget him in uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Yes. Oh yeah, but, he was. Uh, that was kind of perverted. <laughs> a little bit. So, so DC said, 
we got Plastic Man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. I love Plastic Man. If it's done right, it'll yeah. be, it'll it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll be fun. But yeah, they should take that, you know, youthful, exuberant approach. Yeah. You know, combine big and make it, you know, kind of a wink to the audience kind of thing. Too. That or even like like the Lego movies. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's it. That's, that's, a, that's the... Uh, to a degree, we'll talk about some Spider-Verse. Oh okay. I can't wait yeah. to talk about this. Uh, Aquaman yeah. has already made a ton of dough, and it's not even opened here yet as of this recording. $94 million in China. They opened it up. Oh, shit. And that is the uh, top showing ever for a DC comic book adaptation. In that China. trailer looks like it looks. It looks fun. Uh, yeah, it does look fun. Um, I, I've, got, I've got some friends who've seen it already, so <laughs> it kind of goes back and forth. Uh, so. Let's see. So, uh, <laughs> among uh, the Warner Brothers DC movies, launched ninety two percent ahead of Justice League, seventy eight percent ahead of Batman V, and uh, has already exceeded the entire lifetime gross of Wonder Woman in China. Shit. Uh, so there's that. Uh, also. Um, the big surprise out of China that I found buried deep at the bottom of this story is China loves Venom. Oh, really? <laughs> they love that fucking movie. So we'll get a sequel then. Oh, we're getting a sequel. Okay. Fuck yeah. Yeah, we're getting a sequel. Let's get a, let's get a sequel. That it, has, crazy it has earned 268 mil in Damn. China. Damn. So it's global total worth for Venom, 850 mil. Hmm. And it's on Blu-ray this week. Is it already I'm, coming? I'm, I'm not mad at this. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's it movie, wasn't it wasn't a great movie. But it wasn't, but it was. I was glad it got made. I was just yeah. like, fuck, like that's the point where I'm at when I when I see Shang Chi, Plastic Man. Fuck it, give it to me. Give I'll it, take it. I'll take it. I'll get in line. <laughs> uh, the trailer that you should be watching right now, though, is one not getting a lot of press because everybody's talking about these others that we've been talking about. Is Brightburn? What's that? I haven't heard of that one. Well, let me give you the plot of this, Shannon. See if this sounds familiar. Okay. Um, Brightburn, shrouded in mystery. Uh, the trailer reveals that the film centers on a rural couple, Elizabeth Banks and David Denman, mm-hmm. who discover an alien baby oh, well. and adopt it. Sounds like Superman. Yeah, but that's what I was to say. the kid's evil. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so he's a shitty Superman. He's a shitty Superman. Oh. Go watch the trailer. Uh, James, What's it called? It's called Brightburn. That's oh. one word. Uh, James Gunn produced uh, the, the project, uh, I like him. directed by uh, the Hive filmmaker David Yurevsky. And uh, James Gunn's brother Brian Gunn and cousin Mark Gunn also helped on the script. Well, if that kid's evil, could you just take him out to the, you know, the cornfields and kind of give him a little good punt right into the, to the right? middle of it and just move on with your life? <laughs> now, isn't, isn't there a Superman comic where it's like, you know, what if Superman decided to be a villain? Because I know I've read this comic Red Sun. before. Red Sun. Red, Red Sun. Sun, he lands in Moscow. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I but I, it seems to me I, like it, I've, I've it had read, to have been done. I've read this comic. You know, it seems it like had I've to read be this like comic. The, an Elseworld version but, of that. But go watch it. There's a great shot where the kid he has a red cape, but he also wears kind of a red hood, kind oh. of a red mask. And there's a great shot of him. You know, they do like that horror movie kind yeah. of move. You know, where he's standing at the end of the hall, and then suddenly he's right there. You know, <laughs> using his laser vision to come through the door and shit. That you sounds know. cool. It, it looks. <laughs> is it, it, looks, is looks it really theatrical cool. or like Netflix or oh, uh, theatrical? As far as I know, it's, it's in okay. it's in theaters. Huh. So go watch that. Uh, the, the other bit of news we got, and then we'll get to some movie reviews. Uh, you're gonna because you're gonna review uh, Once Upon a Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Just hours after Marvel released the first trailer for Endgame. Which we called, by the way. Which we did. We fucking called that. Uh, but the URL 
for the newly titled Avengers 4 does not go to that site. If you go to AvengersEndgame.com, mm-hmm. it redirects to a trailer for Once Upon a Deadpool. <laughs> it's unclear who's behind the URL, but uh, it was shortly after the trailer dropped that this the guy is only known as, by his Twitter account handle, a guy in T chair tweeted, you know, in the domain. It, it asked for a pair of tickets to the Endgame premiere in exchange for it. <laughs> According to records, the domain was registered on April 27th, which was opening day of Avengers Infinity War. So this guy, he, bought, he bought that, you know. He called it. Yeah. In a direct message exchange with the owner of the Twitter account, with the Hollywood Reporter... Uh, they knew back in April, he says, that Endgame was the name of the next Avengers film. They declined to divulge their identity and said that Disney had not been in touch about obtaining the domain. While this might seem like a marketing prank that Ryan Reynolds might pull, the owner of the Twitter account says that they are not, in fact, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> They're just holding it hostage and want a ticket to the Endgame premiere. Oh, that's how you get your, your, your cordial invites. Yeah. Well, you and an asshole get to come. With I you. bet. I bet you that person, prob- whoever it is, probably bought a bunch of domains. Sure, I'm know. sure he did. You yeah. know, it's not that expensive. They lead him into like the front of the movie. Did theater, you? Like, oh, your entrance to the back here and it goes right to the back alley. <laughs> they just shut the door. One move. of the uh, to piggyback off that. One of the best things I saw on Twitter the other day was where uh, it says, "Tweet the tweet the Avengers movie." Uh, as as oh, shit, let me find it on my Twitter. So it basically is the Avengers last the last text the last text you sent would be the title of the Avengers movie. Mm. And mine was Avengers 4, nah, I'm good. And, <laughs> and it just was like, Avengers 4, uh, what are we having for dinner tonight? It was mine, mine was boring. It was Avengers 4, on my way. On my, so I didn't put it I like there. that. That's, that's, that's <laughs> Captain Marvel. Text? That's Captain Marvel. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the true. last text you sent is the title of, of the movie. So the last text, mine yeah. would be Avengers 4, cool, I leave in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. <laughs> See, it works for you. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, oh, that's great. All right, let's get to the reviews then. Let's start with the aforementioned Deadpool 2. Real fast before I forget, uh, just with trailers and whatnot. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The Spider-Man Far From Home. They did show it at that Brazil. At the Brazil Comic Con. Yeah, there, there's nothing online as of this recording. Descriptions. There are descriptions. Yeah, So, but it sounds like it's going to be so pretty cool. So I guess one of the villains is Hydro Man. Yeah. Get the fuck. Mister- That's awesome. They and, show Mysterio in the climate change, man. And Mysterio is and, in there. but is, is he in the suit? Yeah. He's apparently in the suit, but he doesn't wear the helmet. I think they said he wears it later in the in the trailer. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, so we're looking at a, a Sinister Six because yeah. Hydro Man was one of the yeah, Sinister yeah. Six. So. Yeah. No, you got like with with all the shit that we've been leading up to with all these Spider-Man movies and how it's bounced back and forth and been rebooted. You have to give us a sin. Like, that's one of those where I'm like, we deserve a Sinister Six movie at this point. Well, and the Avengers movies have proved that we can do more than one. Villain. Yeah. You know, we can. we can do several characters. But many have proven that you can't. It just, it just depends yeah. on the filmmaker. That's true. So let's start with uh, Once Upon a Deadpool. Once Upon a Deadpool. So in case anybody who doesn't know, because some people actually, I, I posted me in front of the poster, and one kid goes, I thought that was a joke. I didn't think they were really doing it. I'm like, no, it's real. That's no, real. Uh, basically what it is, they take uh, Deadpool 2, they edit it to make it PG-13, um, and I've read 20 minutes of footage. It felt more like maybe 15, but I could be wrong because they use different shots and different, like, you know, like when you watch the end of Anchorman and it shows like different takes they do of like the same, they're just improving different lines. Right. They yeah. probably pick the funniest one and then they put that in the movie and they have like a whole onslaught, you know, like in their, you know, right. arsenal. So they just took a different one and put it there. There's a few extra scenes with him in the mansion. Um, but 
the reason if you're going to see it is him kidnapping Fred Savage and basically bringing him back into the uh, Princess Bride Princess Bride role. As and I was like, what's the character's name? It's grandson. So there's no, <laughs> there's no character's name for that. Which I always think it's funny because a lot of people know Fred Savage for that. But when you actually, you know, if you actually think of the you know, what it takes to make a movie. He had nothing to do with anything that yeah. Carrie always did or Andre the Giant. No. Or anything that he took. He probably filmed that in four days and moved on with his life and it came back to haunt him forever. If a, a day, I would bet. <laughs> probably. Yeah, that was a day. Yeah. You know, Peter Falk is probably screwing up his lines more than... I'm just Fred thinking Savage. child labor laws. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. You got three right. hours, you got to get to the, right. to the trailer for school. So... Uh, so yeah, so I mean, if you want to see this, that's great. The main reason to see this is if you do have kids that do not belong in that theater of the regular R-rated film, uh, then you can take them to this. There are yeah, some I, languages like shits in there a lot. Because I, I told you, I have a friend who has a son who's 11 or 12 and is aware of Deadpool, and mom has not let him see the Deadpool movies. Yeah. And he said, this is perfect for us. Yeah. Then he can see a goddamn Deadpool movie, yeah. and I don't have to worry about it, you know, fucking sure. him up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it's funny because you know they kind of give out the rules of what makes R to PG thirteen kind of thing, and he says you know we can say you know language, some mild violence, and we goes and we get one f bomb. What's funny is unless I missed it, and I asked two other people that were in the screening with me. I go, did they say fuck once? And no, they didn't. And what kind of annoyed me is because at the very end, if you have seen Deadpool two, spoiler, I'm going to say it anyway, when he's shot and he's laying on the ground dying over and over and over, um, he makes Colossus say fuck. Yeah, and he says you know such a good, and movie. then he says uh, you know well you're going to hell or something like that for that foul mouth or something like that. And when he said fuck, they beeped it out. I was like, They beeped Why? it? Yeah. Oh, there's tons of beeps in it. Oh, funny. Yeah, so they beeped it, so it never said fuck. And then, but speaking of beeps, if you ever see like Jimmy Kimmel doing unnecessary censorship, <laughs> yeah. that's what like a lot of the jokes are. Like they beep out a lot of the language. Um, but the, there are things that they poke fun at. They are very well acknowledged that uh, Disney has bought Fox, because that joke comes up multiple times. Mm-hmm. They mentioned, I think I counted up to six or seven different Disney movies that they mentioned, besides the fact of like... Um, Oh, well, there, there's some that they already mentioned there before, but either way, so yeah, they, they do that. But one great joke in there is that when they first introduce and it, the Fred Savage stuff is intertwined throughout the whole thing. So they'll it's say like in some, the Princess Bride, yeah. So it'll jump back to him in the bed like that. And so when the first time they show Josh Brolin and like he's you know time warps out of the future, it cuts to Fred Savage. He goes, "Oh man, you got Cable in this?" And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got Cable in this." He goes, "Man, he's such a great character," and he goes on at least like a thirty second spiel about. You know, being like, what is it, the the son of Scott, Cyclops. yeah, son yeah. of Cyclops, and the, and the, the, future, and the clone yeah. of what Jean Grey or whatever it is, yeah. and it goes, oh, like then this and that, oh my god, I hope, I hope this story really captured the essence of Cable because it really, he's an important character in the in the Marvel universe, like that kind of thing. He goes, yeah, um, we got the time travel stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the reason to see it. Uh, if you have seen Deadpool two and you're not clamoring. It's not worth the price of like a theater admission. Granted, uh, some of the proceeds do go to cancer research, which is pretty cool. Oh, okay. Um, eh. But you could wait and rent it or you know check it out. I'm next, sure next it'll Christmas. Be on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. All right, and uh, stay till the end. Jimmy interviews Fred Savage. Fred Savage at the end of this episode. Yep. It um, still looks like he's twelve. And speaking of which, <laughs> uh, let's let's go to uh, the favorite then because yeah. you again stay till the end because Jimmy interviews Joe Alwyn, who is a thing apparently. Yeah, he, I was telling Carrie that yeah. you'll hear it, is that he's dating Taylor Swift. Huh? Uh, Rachel, oh, he's gonna have a song about him soon. And he also uh, is interviewing Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone at the oh. end of this. So it's for the movie The Favorite, which I want to see that Jimmy loved. Yeah, it's my number one movie of the year. Uh, wow! It, I absolutely loved it. It's a period piece. Um, basically, the story is because uh, Rachel Weisz is the kind of right hand. Uh, I don't want to say maiden because she's kind of like her 
the queen's basically out of her mind, and I'm trying to find the her name. Oh, this fast. movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Olivia Coleman. I said something else earlier. Um, Olivia Coleman's playing the queen, and so uh, Rachel Weisz is like her right right hand. She's the voice of the castle kind of thing, and she's saying what you know what says goes because the queen's out of her fucking mind. And so then Emma Stone shows up. She's Rachel Weisz's cousin. She's like, and she's like a peasant. She's like, can I get a job here like that? So she puts her down in like the fucking dirt, like you know. And then she kind of like works her way up. Little things that kind of gets into the queen's good graces. And all of a sudden they're fucking vying for like who's gonna get the queen's love and who's gonna like. And they fuck each other over left and right. Yeah. And it's fucking wild. This is a guy who, if you ever saw a movie called The Lobster, it's insane. I never saw one called Killing of a Sacred Deer. I hear it's pretty fucked up. But his name's Yorgos, and um. And it's just, it's beautifully shot. The three strong female characters. That's what's so great about this. To, even to the point where in the UFCA uh, that I, with the Utah Film Critics Association, we all say, and I agree, that Emma Stone is the lead role in this. But if you actually look at, for the Oscars, and I think she's going to win it, uh, uh, all the screeners are why not say that Olivia Coleman's the lead actor like that. Because they're all pretty much prominent on screen. So kind of It kind of gets hard at that. But either way, you're gonna, I almost will, I'd put money down. All three will be nominated for either supporting or lead. Damn. Uh, it's gonna get nuts. So it's my favorite movie of the year. It's four stars. Uh, I believe Count saw it too. I think he's at four stars. Like, and it's funny because it's one of those movies though. Because I've well, only one critic I've heard so far was like, I didn't like it. I go, I don't care. There's <laughs> always, yeah, there's always a dick. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, speaking of, you know, you want to make it to the comic connection. Uh, Nicholas Holt is in there, oh. uh, Beast, and he is a fucking prick in it. Like, just <laughs> you're like, I want to fucking hit you so hard. So yeah, so go see it. Four stars. It'll be out uh, if you're in Salt Lake, December fourteenth, I believe, at the Broadway. All where right. it's going to go. Before we get to Spider Man, did you get a Creed two a quick Creed two <laughs> yeah. review? Because it's been out for a few yeah, it's weeks. been out for a little bit, but uh, I'll just say it real fast. I think it's better than Creed one. Damn, and, uh, and I love Creed. I, so did I. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And the only reason I say that, I mean, they're both fantastic films. And the only reason I like it more is because I love that fucking Rocky lore. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I love, and I know they tinkered with it, like with you know, oh, he's the son of Apollo, like that. But then all of a sudden, when you have the son of Apollo, who's now like you know. A ranking champion fighter, and all of a sudden you got fucking Dolph Lundgren over in Russia training his son. And I can't remember the guy's name, but that dude is a fucking beast. I mean, this yeah. guy was born to fight, and uh, and he's probably a fighter in real life, as far as I know. And uh, but th- what I love about it, not only do we get the family of Drago back, you get to find out what happened to Drago after he lost that fight. You know, mm. I, I didn't think about it until Gulag. until somebody said. It- well, imagine being Drago and going back to Russia after getting well, beat. Not, not even going back to Russia. It was in Russia. Oh, that's, that's right. right. He yeah. stepped right outside. They're like, fuck you. <laughs> so yeah. it, I didn't even think about that until somebody said, yeah, this is yeah. this is where you go. And, and I'm then, like, okay. And he had a kid, I'm assuming at that point, because he was with Bridget Nielsen, and Bridget Nielsen left him. And like she comes back, like you know, like then is she, she in the movie too? Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> Does she show up with Flavor Flav? <laughs> <laughs> no, but just, I mean, and that's the only thing. I'm not even saying it, Oh, I gotta go see this shit. Because both movies are like, you know, rock solid and like that. But I mean, it's just, it plays with that lore even just that much more than the first one. And that's where I get excited. And sure enough, when they fucking ramp up that Rocky music, you go, oh shit, let's do this. Yeah, I heard the soundtrack's knocking too. The soundtrack's great. And and I'll be honest, I mean, I don't even say what happens at the end, but like, it's anytime I don't see it coming. That's a star right there, easily. Mm -hmm. You know, and when they they do a turn and I didn't see it, by all means. Three? Uh, probably three, three and a half, give or three take, and a half. back and forth. Yeah, okay. you, I loved it. I got a question for you. I mean, do you think the Academy will ever give Stallone like some? He was nominated. He was nominated. Yeah, because I mean, like, well, actually, well, no, he, write, he's actually, well, he writes, directs, and well, here's the thing, though, but he, he, he is an Oscar winner. Yeah, I know, but he, he won for Rocky. Yeah, yeah. best picture. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, do you think you do you think before we do you think we'll see it again? No. 
Uh, well, I mean, it's not it's not out of the question, really. I mean, because he just got nominated for Creed. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but that might have been the you know. But yeah, he, the one he, chance he he won for Rocky, which he wrote. And, Did Rocky uh, win Best Picture? Is that what it won? I think it won Best okay. Picture. I know he won, he won it for writing. I know that for the script. And uh, he was nominated for Copland, which he was good in. Yeah, Copland was good. Uh, Copland's fantastic. Yeah, Janine Garofalo. <laughs> uh, what about Staying Alive? Still have a crush he, on her. Nominated for Staying Alive? <laughs> no. no, it was over the top. What about Tango and Cash? <laughs> <laughs> L- the, Didn't he write Staying Alive? I'm sorry. He directed it, The Lords of Flatbush. Let's just go there. Oh, God. All right. Um, so let's get into, because we're running out of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get into uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, yeah. which you both saw. We saw it. Tony was with us, but he's not with us today. Uh, and I couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> you should have got out of bed. Like, really honestly, Shannon. I'm gonna, well, I'm going to go see it. This no, but Shannon, day. you still should have got out of bed. Yeah. That guy. Uh, yeah, but it's the story, you know, if you don't know the comics, it's Miles Morales, uh, who... You know, he's this kid, doesn't, you know, and we get his origin story, and it's not like convoluted. It, like, it's, mm-hmm. it kind of gets to the point quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, but uh, what is it? Uh, well, I love we get uh, Will, Wilson Fisk in there as a very fucking cartoonish yeah. version, like a huge yeah. body, like a tiny huge. head. And like uh, Lee Schreiber does his voice. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Our man did a great yeah. job. It's a great job at that one. And he's building this, you know, machine that can basically open the dimensions up and, and cross universes and whatnot. And, and that's uh, what happens. And then so. he opens it up, and well, they. Captured uh, the first Spider-Man, and did you know who the first Spider-Man's voice is? Chris Pine. It's Chris Pine, Mister Goddamn Swab, like mm-hmm. that. So, so they stick his face in like the beam, so that's what opens up to all the other because mm-hmm. the lock basically the beam f- needs something to lock on, and it locks on the Spider-Man, and so it's like, all right, yeah. So it opens up, and all the you know, you got uh, Gwen Stacy, you know, uh, Spider Woman comes in. You got uh, Spider Pig. You got uh, who else am I missing? Spider Peter Porker. Fat, fat it's Spider Ham, sir. It's the spectacular Spider Ham. It's Spider Ham, who's voiced by the amazing John Mulaney. Yeah, yes. I love that. <laughs> and then Spider Man Noir, voiced by Nicolas Cage. Oh my God, yeah, was so good. He's good in it. I mean, yeah. I know we always kind of give Nicolas Cage shit, but what's so funny about Nicolas Cage? And actually, it was a great joke in uh, an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. The guy's actually really fucking talented. Mm-hmm. He is, but he just makes really bad decisions. Just, <laughs> Just just uh, quickly, uh, go to Dr. Volt's Into the Back catalog and find Spider-Man Noir. It was a great like four or really six good. part series that was just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Long, time, long, long time ago. But anyway, go ahead. But I mean, I don't want to give too much of the story away because I mean, that, there's yeah. a lot of fun stuff that goes on in there. But I mean, just jump into the, to the uh, creation of this. I mean, the mm-hmm. animation is something you've never seen before. Never. Uh, it is very self-aware of itself. It's very self-aware of shit that's been in the past. I will just say Toby Maguire dancing down the street mm. is a part of this mm-hmm. very quickly in that movie. <laughs> I mean, that was—I think that was the first laugh. I think that's when we like that was a really, big laugh. Well, it was a big laugh. It was, and it was also like, I, this is—I know what this is going to be now. Like, it's going to be very fucking aware of what's yeah. been in the past. Um, so there's that. I mean, but just the great joke. There's heart in it. I mean, God, there's sometimes oh. I, I never cried, but like you know, where it kind of gets you in the feels. Uh, I will say it's probably the most touching Stan Lee cameo. And not just because he just passed, but like yeah. it's what he says. Yeah. Like, of the because something happens. I don't want to ruin much, yeah. but it's the first thing he says. I was like, "Fuck!" Okay, yeah. you know? it, it's one of those where, like, wow. They they even said there. I was reading the Hollywood Reporter that they they specifically gave him more time to do the cameo because yeah, because that. Because Spider Man is his baby, yeah, yeah. you know, and it's so, it's not like a long cameo, but it's yeah. definitely just not like oh, he yeah. like moves on, like yeah. he gives like a couple. I'm of driving lines. a bus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you Tony Stank? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely more than that. Um, but yeah, there's the heart. There's the so, characters are great. It's not you know overrun with all the Spider. Each person gets their time. So I only saw one bad review for this, and fuck, it was uh, from from the uh, Daily Bugle. Someone who said Spider Man is a menace. Yeah, it's true. It's the mm. only bad review yeah. that I've seen. Um, but uh, you guys, um, like, well, real quick, like you could 
we could sit there and discuss Th- that movie. So I-, I loved it for so many reasons because they take a lot. The Spider Verse. If you don't know about it, they take a lot and they throw. It's a it, lot to just throw at is. people. It is, and they simplify it yeah. in, in such a great way. But I mean, like I took my son to see this movie, and y'all know uh, with me going back and get more time with my son, and it is. My son's eleven years old, sixth grade. He's perfect for this movie. Yeah, he's yeah. perfect for this movie. Miles Morales is what in seventh grade, eighth grade in yeah. this movie. And so it's about a young and for those who don't know, Miles Morales, he's half black, half Puerto Rican. So this is for this is a movie that people that people of color are gonna f- just just follow. I mean like yeah. the like what what we saw with Black Panther was amazing because we get to see Africa. We get to you know, and, and, and made, that movie made me feel proud to be a black man. This movie made me feel proud to have a black childhood mm-hmm. because mm. this kid gets thrown a lot at him in twenty four forty eight hours, <laughs> and and they don't. Th- this movie doesn't pander to to race and culture. Like they they it's it's there subtle because he has to his his origin story is fucking harder than Peter Parker's. Whether anyone, like, whether you disagree with me on that. No, I agree. We can go back and forth on that. But he's got to over, like, he's got to overcome the circumstances of the of the environment that he grows up in. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's a very lucky child. And he's got to deal with street shit, like, real street shit. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so, like, you just, you, you, it's this coming of age movie. And... Yeah, in Black Panther we get we get to go to Africa, but this one this is like the an African American Boricua like like experience. Like there's one part where he just yells Brooklyn, and I'm like, <laughs> like yeah. you just felt that shit. You felt like it's got that New York vibe. Yeah, you felt hip hop well, in that shit. Yeah. yeah, go back and again. The the old guy's going to tell you to read some comic books. Uh, the first 100 issues, I believe, of Ultimate Spider Man, mm-hmm. the My- Miles mm-hmm. Morales Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Every so one good. of them, solid as hell. Yeah. Every issue, solid as hell. I read the whole run. Um, two, thi- uh, two things that I know that uh, makes this movie even better. Like I said, they, they do the, the origins of Miles Morales without getting too convoluted. They do the origins of every fucking spider yeah. person without yeah. being irritating. Yeah. Like, like, and they yeah. do it so funny. Like, all right, let's do this one more time. Yeah. My name's so-and-so. And they yeah. like, it just starts going through the story. And you're like, oh, shit. The other one, and you said about Creed 2, soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The sound- oh, no, the soundtrack... <laughs> I heard my first Post Malone song. Yeah, Sunflower. No, Sunflower. <laughs> shit, I wish I had that shit at my prom. Like, it was one of those where I was like, bitch, like, why didn't I get this song? Yeah. I was stuck with Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> so romantic. Yeah. Did he go back old school with some uh, Notorious B.I.G.? Yeah, yeah, no, like, it was, it, but that's what I'm saying. Like, when he, when he, that my favorite, one of my favorite parts is just when he yells, Brooklyn, because it just, it, it, you just like, mm. well, maybe that was the first laugh is when he's sitting at his desk singing the song and he doesn't know the words yeah, to yeah. it, so he just kind of mumbles it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it, I love this. I love this movie because it's 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 it, it it's the perfect Spider-Man movie for right now. Well, there's a, I'm going to say one thing and it's going to you know linger at this table for a minute, but I mean it's got heart. It's exactly what it has. Yeah, it hits, and, it, and yeah, when, when when Homecoming came out, this table sat there and said, "This is the movie that Vice should have seen. This is also the movie that Vice yeah. should have yeah. seen. Oh. Vice would lose his yeah. shit with this movie." So wow. And there's part, and it, it's so much, and there's a lot of action, a lot of action, and the animation, the fight scenes, it's so cool. Like, you forget, at one point, you forget that you're watching a cartoon. Well, yeah. Well, let me just ask you this, because I've seen, I want to say, three or four critics now who have said this is the best Spider-Man movie ever made. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, to a degree, I mean, I'm up to. I mean, I'll be honest. I'll, I would give Homecoming and yeah. Spider-Man Two and this one all four stars. I think they're all four stars mm-hmm. for different reasons. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to take. You know, I think there's things that this movie could do that you could almost never do in a fucking live yeah, action that, movie. That, it would just like it wouldn't come across I, the same way. And I'm saying again, this is what they should do with Fantastic Four. But what's funny? They should make an animated it, Fantastic. Oh yeah, God. sure. So there's well, a but, thought. Uh, well, they did. It's called Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, and you made it. I think you made it your profile picture like that. But yeah. the one, sh- I mean, this thing is yeah. gorgeous. But the shot of him going off that building upside down and the and the skyline's upside down. It's one of the most beautiful, you know, I mean, that's something you would hang on your yeah. wall. And then there's a lot of things in this movie that you would hang on your wall, just art-wise. And and the villains. Yeah. The, like, and I can, I, I won't spoil who, but it's just like, you get villains. Yeah. You get... And it's not irritating. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> oh, wow, like, they... And little little subtle, like, little subtle shit. And they make a, they make an old Spider-Man character that's always been kind of corny. Pretty damn cool. Pretty damn cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was uh, Mursama uh, Ali is in this movie mm-hmm. uh, uh, for Moonlight. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, Cottonmouth and uh, yeah. Luke Cage. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's in it. Um, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, who is, uh, plays a uh, paperboy in Atlanta. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's 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 he voices the dad. Uh, oh, that- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's it's got a great voice cast and Peter Parker. Both versions are are fantastic. Peter, like, a lot of people, like, not to take anything away from Miles Morales, but Peter Parker does his thing in this movie, and it's it's so... It, well, it's Jake Johnson. Yeah, it's Jake Johnson, and he's so good Is that the it. guy from The New Girl? Yeah. Uh, yeah, New Girl, and in Jurassic World, yeah. and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's Love funny, him. yeah. All right, so four stars from both of you, four, right? Four stars. Yeah, and the soundtrack is, is, is just killer. All right. Go, uh, go read the Spider-Verse. Uh, big comic, <laughs> Dr. Bolts. I just I didn't know she was the voice of it. Because they make Aunt May really fucking cool in this. Yeah. It's voiced by Lily Tomlin. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Okay, let's uh, wrap this up. Get back to more wet nap. In a message <laughs> or two. Hang on. Holiday party season is upon us, so it's time to make ready. Boostique has your wine and cocktail essentials. Expand your home bar. Make a drink of the night with bitters, mixers, cherries, simple syrups, cocktail shakers. Plus, get a recipe book at Boostique for inspiration. Wine enthusiasts will love waiters, corkscrews, aerators, and decanters. Boostique also features vintage glassware for all kinds of drinks, coupes, Glencairns, and all types of beer glassware, including Belgian beer glasses. Go say hey to Ivy at Boostique. They're located at 315 East Broadway in downtown Salt Lake City. Open 11-ish to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Mention Geek Show and get 15% off of your purchase at Booze Tea. Had enough yet? Looking for that something special for your dearest and craziest friends? Are you through scouring the internet for that one item meant to bring joy and a little look of acknowledgement from your best bud? I've got an idea. Step away from the computer. This year, think about shopping local. Head to Cabin Fever, located in the heart of historic Trolley Square at the corner of 500 South and 700 East. Since 1982, Cabin Fever has been serving the Wasatch Front everything you and your friends wish for in a gift store. From movie and TV lunchboxes, jigsaw puzzles, tin signs, bar signs, playing cards, retro puzzles and games candy as well as everything you need to make the items sparkle under the tree from ribbon to wrap bows to holiday cards satisfying all of your holiday needs since 1982 cabin fever wishes you the happiest of the holiday season located inside trolley square at the corner of 500 south and 700 east stop by say hi tell them geek show says hey it's cabin fever so much more than a holiday greeting card store if you're a gamer you know 
love to play games, board games like uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, you'll love Haster Games. My guess is you've heard of Haster Games if you're a gamer. They got new lines of metal dice to go with their gemstone dice in. They have a great weight to them. Die Hard Dice and Gravity Dice. And they carry more dice than anybody. And these have been selling very well. Guilds of Rivnica, a great new set for Magic the Gathering, is now available. Uh, for Dungeons and Dragons, a Waterdeep Dungeon Heist, two weeks early for sale. Go see this wonderful campaign for Dungeons & Dragons. Haster recently added more display cases, a sound system, they're, uh, more shelving for their huge game library, and yes, you can play games for free at Haster, and computer kiosks to help you peruse their inventory and order cards. Stop by and see all the newness at Haster Games. And tell them Geek Show says, hey, not only does Haster carry the best selection of all the latest board games and magic products, they will buy your pre-owned board games and magic products, too. Haster Games is located at 6831 South State. They're open from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Saturday, noon to 5 on Sunday. It's a great place to stay and play. Remember, Haster has it. Hi, this is Carrie, and I'm here with my wife, Sue. Hi. I'm so proud of her. She started her own business doing what she loves. Tell us about My Workout Buddy. I believe that working out with someone will keep you motivated and accountable to your fitness goals, so I'm your workout buddy. I will meet you at your Salt Lake County gym or rec center for a 60-minute workout session. If motivation won't get you to the gym, My Workout Buddy will. So you will come to my gym? Yes. The more you know about your own gym's equipment, the less time you'll waste trying to figure out a routine. I think it helps build confidence and competency, and that makes going to the gym more enjoyable. But you're not my personal trainer. Well, I'm a, a certified trainer, but this is not a personal trainer service. So what do you do? I am actually going to work out with you. I'll do cardio, weights, group classes, whatever you want to do. I will help you with options to make exercises effective and help you towards any fitness goals you may have. That's a great idea. How do people start? Well, message me on Facebook at my Workout Buddy SLC or email me, myworkoutbuddyslc at iCloud.com. One session is $20. If you cancel an appointment less than 12 hours before the start time, there is a $10 cancellation fee. And why is that? That's motivation and accountability. And if you tell Sue Geek Show says, hey, you'll get half off of your first session, My Workout Buddy SLC. And we're back. Yes. All right. No closet time no this closet time. No closet now. Nope. He let us walk around the backyard. I went in because I didn't feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> I like it in the closet. I know. I feel better there. <laughs> I pooped three times. <laughs> <laughs> we use it as compost. So this... Uh, Those potatoes are going to be great. <laughs> they will be. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie. Oh. It's uh, let's see. This this comes out the 10th, this episode. So it opens... My, my boss said like it was fantastic. Fruit? Yeah. Like three days, I think. Yeah, it? just a few days. Um, but uh, it's it, I've I've yet to read a bad review of it at the time of this recording. And this is how proud and convinced that Sony believes they have a hit on their hand. This was like three weeks before it opened. They said uh, we're 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 approving a sequel. Huh? Yeah, we're we're going to do another one. We're that proud of it. We're also going to announce that we're going to do. An all-female spinoff. What? Oh yeah, I read all, this too. What? Like yeah. with Spider Gwen? Yes. yes. <laughs> spider Gwen. Sp- well, I guess what? Spider Woman. Uh, spider Woman. Spider Silk. Girl. Silk. Yeah, mm-hmm. Spider Gwen. Yeah. And then there was. No Felicia. No. Oh, they could do. 
Black they could do May May Parker. They could oh, do yeah. Madam yeah, May Parker, they Spider could, Girl. Yeah, yeah. They could do yeah. Madam Web as well. Yeah, Madam Web. Uh, Lauren Montgomery, who has also worked on Voltron, co-directed animated uh, Batman Year One, Superman and Batman Apocalypse for DC, in negotiations to helm an untitled Spider-centric project that will gather the female heroes in the Spider-Man universe of characters nice. in one adventure. Uh, Amy Pascal is the producer on Spider Verse, as well as the live-action movies. Will be producer for the projects. Phil awesome. Lord and Chris Miller. Uh, who are the brainiacs behind Spider-Verse, are expected to be creatively involved. I just want more Marissa Tomei. I, I, uh, <laughs> my, my friend who saw it this morning said that she wants to see it another 3,847,384 times. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> many times I've read, because I've read several reviews, mm. and I don't know how many times I've read this sentence. Best Spider-Man movie ever. Uh, There's what? a couple of good Spider-Man movies. So. Homecoming was yeah. great. Yeah, I love. So okay. I I dream about Marissa Tomei in my sleep. Yes. I don't know if I want to be her or be on her. Well, oh. <laughs> uh, I don't oh, understand well. why people they don't do this more. It's like, like make more a, animated. It's a good solution to being able to tell cool stories. It's a cheap solution. Yeah. Too. I would love yeah. to see a Fantastic Four. I would love like that. digitally animated. Fantastic movie. Force kind of needs to be animated. Yeah. It needs something that makes it good. Or because, set in the 60s. I mean, in like a yeah, well, in like a film universe. Okay, let me hit you with my Fantastic oh, no, Four pitch. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were going to defend Fantastic Four. No, no, no. I, this is cinematic. my. Oh, this, you can't. This yeah, is no. my Fantastic Four okay. film pitch. You ready? Does it involve women in fridges? No. Excellent. It takes place in the sixties. Of course. Period piece. Has to. Yes. They only work in the sixties. Like 60s. Mad Men. And it's like Airplane. Oh my god, that's so good. That's, oh, that's too That's my good. elevator pitch. Yeah. Oh. If I ever get an elevator ride with Kevin Feige. Yeah. I'm that plane meets that plane meets uh, It doesn't Matt. take my itself pitch. too seriously. Exactly. It is absurd, I think. A lot of great in jokes. It's directed by James Gunn. That <laughs> <laughs> We can dream. Staging by the Mad Men crew. John I mean, Mulaney is Rich, uh, Reed Richards. Oh my god. Yep. He would look so good. Well, cuz it, it was it was it was uh Colbert, but then Colbert started doing that character on, on Venture Brothers. Brothers. <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah. And ruined it. Yeah. Uh, so that, the it, first time I saw him, I was like, holy shit, that's Reed Richards. Yeah. And, uh, it should be the Coen Brothers' first superhero movie. But see, if I'm if I'm casting oh, it. Yeah. That. If I'm casting yeah. it, I do like Airplane did, and that is cast dramatic actors. Yeah. Because Lloyd Bridges was never uh, a comedian. Amazing. No. Uh, all of that whole cast, they were never comedians. Speaking of uh, Coen Brothers, yeah. any of you watched The Ballad of Buster Scruggs? I did. I did. Yeah. I, I haven't, but I'm a huge Coen I, Brothers fan. I, I, how, was, how, was my, how was my Uncle Tom Waits? He, he was, was fantastic. He was I think good. it was almost the best one. Yeah. Could be. Tom Waits. Like, like, so if you don't know what it is, it's the Coen Brothers. They made a Western. But it's made up of six different stories. So it was supposed <laughs> to be like an anthology series, but they decided to put it into a movie. Yeah, because the stories were only twenty minutes. Twenty minutes long. Yeah. Um, this is I've always loved about the Coen Brothers is that like the the tonal shifts from movie to movie. Just crazy. You never know what Coen Brothers you're going to walk into. Yeah. So good. Because there's like six different kinds of Coen. Right, right. Brothers. No you're country get, is my favorite. Are you going right. to get Raising Arizona Coens? Or are you going to get Big Lebowski Coens? Are we going to get? Are you going to get No Country? Barton Owens? Fink. Barton Fink. Are True we going to get? Uh, you know, no the, brother. Yeah. Oh, brother. But that's brother. that's the right. thing about this Buster Scruggs show, though. It hits every single one of their tropes. It, every one of them. It yeah. nice. starts out kind of raising Arizona like uh. with with the story, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It, it, I it was 
Arizona. It was. I think it was more. Oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah. It could it be. Out. Could yeah. be. Yeah. I know I'm going to want to talk about this, so I'm sad that I didn't think to watch it before I came here today because I I've been like save. It's like the nugget. It's like the thing that you save. It's your reward yeah. viewing. Yeah. Exactly. I, so I I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but Tom Waits ever since Seven Psychopaths has been like incredible. everything he, he does. I need to watch. Here's, he is fucking fantastic. And Seven Psychopaths. He's a lunatic wandering around with a rabbit. And here's what you need to know mm. about that the Tom Waits bit. Ninety nine percent of the time, he's alone. Good. That's how he needs to be. Just talking him. to himself and his yeah. donkey. Because seriously, if I were a multimillionaire, I would hire Tom Waits just so I could follow around and mm-hmm. listen to him babble about yeah. shit. Yeah, <laughs> I smell I, him. I <laughs> loved it. I'll give it. I, I'll give it five out of stars. Really? Five out of stars. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there's Jen was like, ah, it was okay. But I was like, I don't, fucking loved it. Don't make the mistake I did, and that is sit down and watch the whole thing at once. I oh. watched yeah. it in two parts. Take your time. Yeah. Go Digest story, it. Story to story. Like a nice one. Digest it exactly. Uh, back to Spider-Verse real quick. As yes. of this recording, there's 50 critics reviews on it on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Mm-hmm. It is sitting at a comfortable 100%. What? Wow. What? So even, even Homecoming didn't get oh, that. Oh, and, Ma- and Mulaney's doing Spider-Ham. Yeah. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. He is. I, yeah. I just love that. that. And that, I, that I, line, I heard, I heard his line, voice. I was like, oh, God. That, that line in the trailer, like... Should I talk? He, he's like, do animals talk in this universe? Because I don't want to freak him out. I don't want to freak him out. <laughs> oh, John Mulaney's one of my favorites. He's so good. That Radio City one just wrecks me. All right. Um, uh, Jordan Peele. Yes. Very talented man. Incredibly. Indeed. Uh, has confirmed rumors that we have heard that he and creative partner Wynn Rosenfeld are working on a, parentheses, spiritual sequel to Candyman. What? That haunted my childhood. Get the Felder carb out of here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peel's Monkey Paw Productions has teamed up with MGM to release a Candyman sequel, Summer 2020, script by Peel and Rosenfeld. Uh, stepping into the director's chair is uh, DaCosta, an upcoming uh, director best known for Little Woods, um, which is uh, an independent crime film with Tessa Thompson, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's been rumored for a while that Peel was working on a Candyman film, but now we've gotten confir- uh, confirmation. It looks like the film's going to be an interesting successor to the original, based on a story, a short story by Clive Barker. 1992, uh, 92's Candyman is a horror film about a supernatural being named Candyman. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Who emerges as a vengeful killer to anyone who says his name five times in a mirror. The original film took place in and around a high-rise housing project in Chicago. The sequel, which won't be connected to the sequels to Candyman, because there was two and three. Mm-hmm. Right. They're doing like They're with Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. They're going right from the first one into this one. Will take place in the same post-gentrification provi- oh. you know, uh, area. That providing an opportunity. A completely different. Yeah. I love the idea, it's, though. It's to yeah. talk about the impact of gentrification has had on urban communities. Oh, it's kind of cool. I, I mean, mean, Jordan, yeah, he has a tendency to really be able to put like a uh, political subtext into stuff without it being mm-hmm. super obvious. Uh, well, I, I bet you Tony Todd's available. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, the, we the, haven't gotten that far. The but. dude's a phenomenal actor. Yeah, he's, I, he he is Candyman, but geez. If you could get him, that would be great. I'm sure he'd do it. He's also Worf's brother, so I just want to see him work. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> uh, get him work. He's also young Jake Sisko. What? Or old Jake Sisko. I was going to oh, say. Young. Yeah. So that doesn't make any sense. Sorry. Yeah. You made it a completely different episode. Wrong, no, yeah. wrong word it was a good too. episode no, in my no, head, you, though. You watched that episode of, of uh, you really want to see what Tony Todd can do. I can't remember the name so of that episode. It's, of called, uh, it's called hmm. The Visitor. The Visitor. Visitor. Yeah. Because, yes. uh, yeah, Tony Todd will uh, break you into a thousand little he pieces. Will. He will break your heart. Yep. 
Uh, finally, this, and we touched on it kind of last week, but uh, I know you guys are excited yet cautious. Uh, Netflix has given a go-ahead, and this has been kicked around for a few years in Hollywood. What? Given a go-ahead to a 10-episode straight-to-series order for a live-action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop. Yep. I won't accept any spike except Keanu Reeves in my head. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, or Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping for the best um, and planning for the worst because Cowboy Bebop is... The anime that you show your friends that don't like anime. It's the only one I could tolerate. Yeah. Did you watch it, Carrie? I watched a little bit of it. Okay. It was so on Adult Swim. Yeah. It's like a... So the the, the original series Western. was written by people in their early 30s, um, and they were given it by a studio that wanted toys. So they're like, we're giving you a couple million dollars, and we want you to make a, a TV series that has like a, a wide reach, a wide appeal, and we want to sell merchandise. That is the point of this anime. That's why we want you to make it. And instead, they spent 85% of the budget on new age jazz music. <laughs> well, that's what it says here. <laughs> okay. The the show will uh, take uh, tells a jazz-inspired genre-bending story of Spike Spiegel, Jet Black, Faye Valentine, and Radical Ed. Radical as, Edward. As a ragtag crew of bounty hunters on the run from their pasts as they hunt down the solar system's most dangerous criminals. Yeah. Well, it they, is an incredible show. It's an it's an exploration of western storytelling through a Japanese lens. And so it it, it in a lot of ways, like Evangelion, uh, kind of turns American tropes on their ear. It's so funny, and so they're they're kind of fucked in a lot of ways already out of the gate because a lot of people. Keanu Reeves was Spike Spiegel for yep. ten years in a lot of people's minds because this Sunrise did this in '96 yep. on TV. So from '96 to 2010, we're all like, "Well, it's got to be Keanu, or it's got to be nobody." And then uh, I I stumbled on Joseph Gordon-Levitt because Spike Spiegel, he's. Uh, is he Taiwanese? No, he's Singaporean. Yeah. He's Singaporean, but... They're all from Singapore. Yeah, but his, his family is not from Singapore. Right. He's, he's actually he's from, from Mars. A, a European Jewish family yeah. by way of Mars. Wow. Well, because that's the thing with Bebop is it's it's about 100, 100 some odd years in the future, um, and the the solar system is a melting pot. So you're dealing with... You're dealing with some real interesting plays on nationality. You're dealing with some interesting plays on ethnicity. Uh, and so who you cast to play this, you're going to have hardcore fans that think they all need to be Asian mm-hmm. getting pissed off. And not understanding, actually, that it's kind of like the whole Ghost in the Shell thing is that the yeah. androids aren't Asian. The androids right. are, are built to a European standard of right. beauty. Um, and so like casting Scarlett Johansson in that role, while like pretty xenophobic and should have been or like racist, rather. Sorry, not xenophobic. I'm thinking on a larger scale now. Not solar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's also they, they backpedaled poorly out horrible. of that casting. Yeah. But the, the, the casting in Bebop is going to be actually essential to the outcome of the Scarlett show. Scarlett Johansson is going to play every single role <laughs> in I'm in. Perfect. Yeah, she's going to be Jet Black. She's going to be the Corgi in the show. I'm uh, in. Well, yeah. you, get, you, get into, you get into some weird shit, too, with, with Faye. I mean, Faye's a very, very difficult character because she's built like a 1940s Hollywood pinup. And she is, yeah. And at the same time, she's one of the most tragic characters in genre storytelling. She's a millennial born in 1992 who yeah. is cryogenically frozen, and she wakes up and she already has immense amounts of debt, which is already like relatable. You spend <laughs> you spend the entire series following this character, thinking that all the bounty hunters that are chasing her are chasing her because of her gambling debts, and it turns out it's medical debt. Yeah. And I mean, this she's she's a tragic, tragic character. She's she ha- she several had hundred cancer. years old. She yeah. got put to sleep as a millennial in 1992, and then she wakes up 250 years later, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and they are trying to come after her for her medical debt because they cured her of cancer, 
And now she doesn't have any memory of what yeah. happened to her. It's really and, and Spike's, Spike's a gangster yeah. from the Martian drug cartels who's broken loose of it's it's amazing. I will say this to fans of Cowboy Bebop who yeah. are not sure about this. Yeah. That's I me. think this needs to be a series as opposed to a movie. Oh, but yeah. but interestingly sure. enough, and yeah. this I've said this before, and it it got it got kind of an unpopular reception. What's going to be hard for me, I need to see what the cast looks like. I don't care who the cast is. I want to see what they look like. I want to know their acting range. Uh, my, my son earlier today said, well, you know, Terry Crews would actually make a really good Jet Black. And he's a fan of so much nerd genre out there that I think he might Terry like Terry Crews would be amazing. He'd be a great Jet, Jet. And But I ha- I'm, I'm of two, two... I'm sorry, Bebop is like the holy grail to me. Uh, I'm of two places in my mind right now one is bebop doesn't need to be anything because it already is everything yeah it's already been done and it's already been done amazingly mm-hmm. but and that's another thing that you need to take from yeah, this right is that, that still exists it's it, yours it still exists. exactly so yeah. if you're going to remake bebop maybe don't maybe do a prequel maybe do what the movie did knocking and take place door, yeah, yeah knocking on heaven's door took place between two episodes and so they were able to say even though if you've watched the show you know why you can't really do a direct sequel um Maybe do it in between shows. Maybe do a prequel. Maybe do something so else. So they could use the same characters, just don't try to tell the same story. Maybe maybe don't, saying. right. I mean, unless it was frame for frame, which I think is like viable, and maybe that's what they're going... I mean, I think that this is a really well, sensitive there, series. That fight in the cathedral in episode five. With in birds live, that plays when he falls with, out of it. With Vicious. Yeah. I, I think if they did that live action, it could be amazing. I like how you how I identify scenes by the song that plays. Well, Rain's good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's because of that. Yeah. But what gives me solace is... Netflix did sci-fi so well last year with Altered Carbon, mm-hmm. and Altered Carbon is what Bebop will look like. That's what I was also going to bring yeah, to the table. They, they brought the maturity and the money to it. If they can do that, yeah, they can certainly make it. Yeah. But the key, more than even Faye, is going to be Yoko Kano. If they can't get Yoko Kano to the do the show's music, already then lost. the show's done. You need so, to have this wild, freewheeling, funk, jazz, rock, fusion, gutter guitar soundtrack and Yoko Kano is the only one that you could can do, do it. You could make it more, like it could be the American adaptation. So sure. it could be John Frusciante. You know what I mean? Like right. it could be a different musician that people hold in high regard, but it would Aldo have to Nova. be. <laughs> but in the same, in the same, in the same way that Bebop was Western storytelling through a Japanese lens, mm-hmm. the music in Bebop is Western Bebop music. It it's is. jazz music through a Japanese lens. It's Americana and, through Japanese lens as right. well. It's like the two different. It's so it's, overly it's, complex. It's kind of like hearing. It's kind of like hearing the most amazing music in the world translated from another language. But at the oh, same time, even like still, the Cantina Band. It's but just still, like that actually. But still <laughs> fundamentally American, you know, because uh-huh. that was the the idea behind the Cantina Band was that. Aliens found Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller. Yeah, which is hilarious. Like Sander Cohen. Yes. Uh, Games, Tony. Do we have games? Yes. Actually, well, before that, this just just in. This just in. The music for the Cowboy Bebop live action series, Chad Kroger from Nickelback. I'm fucking throwing this can at your head. (laughs) I was was looking at you so stunned. I literally... I was like... I don't know what. I don't even care about anything you guys been talking about, but that you can't guys, happen. You guys' faces. Chad, yeah. uh, like good stuff. Fucking Kroger. Shannon, yep. this means so much to my friends. It's going to break them. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do that. Not even as a joke. Yeah, and we cast uh, we cast Eleven from the Stranger Things as Radical Edward. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's so hot right now. Yeah, she's, she's so hot. great. Yeah, it's all right. We're we're sexualizing a fifteen year old, yeah. but that's amazing. Oh, it's fine. Damn. 
Uh, let's see. So uh, we skipped over games last week, so I'm going to do a quick recap of what you might have missed. Okay. Uh, PlayStation Classic came out last week. Yes. So if you're into the old school PlayStation games, that is that is an option. It doesn't have Final Fantasy VII on it. Not Mistake. not an option that I would recommend. Nope, it's bad. <laughs> don't but, don't uh, get it. Yeah. So and if it's sold out. Don't go online and pay more than you Absolutely need to. Absolutely not. Because wait. it's ridiculous. Listen, I'll invite you over to my house. This is a personal event. No, it's not. No, no, no. no, no. That's oh, how, all of you, whoa. That's, that's, that's how that, that other thing happened. Uh, yeah, oh, God. Uh, let's see. So moving along, uh, <laughs> Gwent, the Witcher card game, yes, is Witcher. now uh, on the consoles. It's been out on PC for a little bit. Now it's on Xbox and PS4. Uh, also, we have a physical release, I guess that hadn't happened yet, of Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. What? For the Xbox and the PlayStation 4, yeah. I I guess it was digital only until now. Oh, that's tr- I, I have like a weird memory of maybe uh, maybe not though. That's because cr- I played it on both PC and PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, it's supposed to be a very good game. I haven't uh, um, dipped you, my toe in that if yet. If you do play it, get um, really nice headphones. That's what other people have the told me. The sound engineering. It yeah. sounds so. I got. I have my boyfriend's. He's a audiophile, so I had his really nice. Bose headphones on mm-hmm. while I was playing it and you can hear people behind you Ooh. and you oh, hear really? them in cool. your ear. Yeah. Awesome. It's really like I literally felt somebody like next to my face when I was playing it. And it's uh, about uh, somebody with schizophrenia. So. In ancient Norse times. In ancient Norse yeah, times. So there's yeah. a bunch of Norse I've, mythology woven I've actually done that. Say <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like you. Just, Please yeah. live this lifetime this before. Lee's yeah. life. If you ever want to know my brain just think of schizophrenia in ancient yeah. Norse times. <laughs> uh, also last week was Just Cause 4. So if you're into the open world mayhem destruction, Just Cause 4 is definitely up your alley. I've watched quite a few uh, videos about that because it just looks neat. And uh, also we have, um, there was something else that came out last week. Oh yeah, this little little game called Super Smash Brothers Never Ultimate. Never heard of it. Yeah. Who is she? I don't know, you know. <laughs> uh, big, big game for the Nintendo Switch, the Super Smash Brothers even if you were like uh, me ultimate. and you were only ever passionate about uh, Super Smash Brothers 64, um, if you watch the trailer for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, it will make you cry. <laughs> it's like a weird because all the characters die in it. Yeah, and except, so, except for uh, Kirby. Kirby, yeah, right. and the I guess the single player part just involves Kirby, but like it was weird because I'd never really enjoyed a Super Smash Brothers since 64, which is the first incarnation. Um, and the trailer itself, like all like. The, like the fucking Wii Fit trainer dies in it. She's like doing yoga. Yeah. And everybody else is like fighting for their lives and like trying to save each other. And she's, she's just like, doing yoga. I will solve this with yoga. Yeah. <laughs> like you do. So yeah, that came out last week as well. Um, and then let's see, moving on to this week, we have, uh, I'm expecting things definitely to wind down as we get closer to Christmas because that means there's not enough time for people to buy it before the holidays. But there is still Borderlands 2 VR for the PlayStation 4. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, neat, but where's my Borderlands 3? Come where's, on, Gearbox. Yeah. Where's my I Borderlands touch 3? I Mad Moxie. And I think most of us Mad do. Mad Moxie <laughs> wants to touch you. Yeah, and she does. And she would touch yeah. you back. And she's, only me. She's, she's written fan <laughs> Because she's a lesbian. <laughs> and uh, let's see, we got... She's actually, Lebanese? <laughs> she, she's a Lebanese. I think that's about it that for good? this week. That's good. Yeah, enough. that's it. That's, that's good. All, that's all that's worth mentioning. All right. Uh, Mr. B, if you if you would, please. Come here, Ham. <laughs> you always make me happy. <sighs> oh, hard week. Yes, you stay till the end for star power. <laughs> Jim, I'm Jimmy Martin gallop, galloping across the nation and the world. Coast to coast and across the pond. To, uh, to interview celebrities. 
I'm exhausted. <laughs> so, well, at least uh, this one was L.A., right? This was pretty easy. Uh, actually, yeah, this was L.A., and the one we talking later is New York. Okay. Yeah, but this one was L.A. This was actually tacked on like two days before I was there. Ah. And they're like, you want to do Once Upon a Deadpool? And I was like, uh, no. Well, uh, yeah. Those so, superhero movies suck. Well, do you want to know who's involved? Uh, yeah. You know, I, you know, I'm Ryan Reynolds is going to be there? No. 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 T.J. Miller? No. 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 Fred Savage? Well. You're goddamn right. All right. <laughs> It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Uh, I'm curious, how the initial text, phone call, email the, to get you into this project, like what was that like just getting the, that they were going to do this? I got a phone call, my phone rang, and uh, it was Ryan Reynolds, yeah. uh, who I didn't know. <laughs> and I asked, you know, oh, how did you get this number? And he was not forthcoming. <laughs> uh, and they said, like, do you want to do this idea for Deadpool? I have this idea to make it Deadpool, you know, for kids. Mm -hmm. And I said, that sounds terrible, because who would want to see that? Uh, and uh, he goes, no, no, it would be a great idea. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe. And then the next thing I know, uh, you've seen you know, the film, uh, I was there. In this one, if people don't know, it's Deadpool 2 gets the PG-13 treatment. If you just select one of the films that you made when you were a kid to get an R-rated treatment, what would you choose? Well, I feel like as we've learned from Deadpool, <laughs> and as this movie shows you, uh, the difference between R and PG-13 is really just a lot of gratuitous violence, yeah. and curse words, and sex. So, you know, uh, I feel like I, th I think the stuff I've done wouldn't benefit from any of that, you know? <laughs> um, so it's hard for me to say. Um, I like not swearing or being violent <laughs> or having sex and the things that I've done. <laughs> so I think it's okay. But as this shows, this is, this is why this is such a bad idea. It's because once that upon a Deadpool shows, you can have a movie yeah. and you don't need all that stuff. Yeah. It like, it's like, Defeats its own purpose. I don't really understand why this is happening. I would have chosen the wizard. I was 13 in that. I was 12, man. That's when kids cuss the most. What's the R-rated version of that? Just a lot of cussing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. When you walked onto the set, was there a, a spark of reaction to seeing it rebuilt? Yeah, I was like, why are you doing this? <laughs> this is so weird. And I will... Honestly, the the... Production designers, I give them all the credit because they did a really good job and they, uh, they really, uh, you, you know, I've seen online people are kind of doing side-by-side, -side, you know, photos. They did an incredible job kind yeah. of capturing that. So I give them credit. You mentioned about being a director and in the film they mentioned Modern Family. What I love that you direct all the time, it's, all, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. 19 episodes, that show is fantastic and you do an amazing job on every time. And you say that you don't like to be vulgar, but that's kind of what, probably one of the most intense shows on television right now. <laughs> uh, yes, that that, and I, I did several episodes of that show. I love that show. Big fan of that show. Um, not on that show, no. exactly. Uh, but it definitely doing a show like that definitely kind of exercises a different part of you know your personality sure. and and what you like to do. And so yeah, there's definitely a fan of me uh, of, of that sort of stuff uh, for sure. Yeah. So it's it's nice to kind of explore that every once in a while. And then the one question I like to ask everybody, because I think it tells a lot about a person. Oh, God. What is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, man. <laughs> I would say, you know, there's two. There's two. Blaze of Glory is a great uh, uh, crowd pleaser. I like that one a lot. Blaze of Glory or Living on a Prayer. But then, you know what I really love? Well, first, could you pull off Bon Jovi? Uh, yeah. Okay. Most yes. people can't. <laughs> but I'm, it's you. Well, let me, I'm going to knock your socks off with this one. All out of love. <laughs> That's a good one, too. That's a great one. <laughs> and before you ask me, yes, I do it very well. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. Fred Savage. <laughs>
in the bed. <laughs> Doesn't look at a day over 12. I, besides Wonder Years and Princess Bride, I couldn't name another Fred Savage project. No. You know. Wonder Years, Princess Bride, The Wizard, Vice Versa, so, Little yeah. Monsters. <laughs> he's Not, a, none of these. I heard <laughs> in the episode he's directed 19 episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad he's working. I'm glad I caught him in the in the shit of him saying that he doesn't like to be dirty and you know, language and violence. I'm like, you've directed 19 episodes of It's Always Sunny. Come on. Come on. Let's not bullshit each other. <laughs> well, that's not me. That's, I'm, just, I'm just directing the naughty. All right. So this next movie is called The Favorite. The Favorite. I saw this back in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, and, and I'm, I may have said it earlier in the in the show, just but just in case I didn't, uh, my favorite film of the year. This yeah. is? Yeah. This is my favorite. The favorite is your favorite. The favorite is my favorite. Wow. It's my number one film of the year. I it's weird as shit. There's some wild fucking things in there. But it's got I mean, it's it's three and this is where it's getting kind of hard. It's three leading ladies. I got to talk to two of them and you'll hear them coming mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. But uh I don't know where now the Academy and whatnot, if you got the like our screeners, it says uh uh what do you call it? Uh she played the Queen, um Olivia. I can't remember her last name. I want to say it's Stuart or something. I'll figure it out. Uh, I didn't get to interview her, so that's why I don't know. But she they have her for leading. I think she's supporting. I think oh. I think uh Emma Stone is leading. Emma Stone is leading. But they're putting her as supporting. Wow. So but it's funny in the UFCA, the Utah group I belong to, we're all putting Emma as leading. You know, that doesn't mean she'll win, but that we're like could it, could it be the movie company goes, She's got enough. I, I honestly believe that. Like two years ago she won for La La Land. <laughs> Let's let this new kid win. <laughs> she she plays the no, that's Claire Foy plays the Queen. Um yeah. but she's in the Queen, I think. Uh, she's a British actress. Wow. But. This is now. Are you talking to all three of these people here? No, I talked to uh, not to the Queen though. That's what I think is funny because no. she is she's fantastic and she's either whether she's supporting or, or uh, lead, she's going to win. But the first person I got to talk to, and it's funny. This is why I love YouTube because you can tell who's who's on fire, who's hot right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got you know Emma Stone, who's one of the most amazing actresses. Uh, and then we're going to talk to uh, Rachel Vice. We'll talk to them later. But the first guy I talked to, his name's Joe Alwyn. Now, most people don't know who he is. I don't know. Now, if you look at the view counts on the uh, when I post these interviews on mm-hmm. YouTube, he is crushing everybody else. Really? You know why? Why? He is dating Taylor Swift. There, that's all it takes. <laughs> that's all it that's takes. That's what I need to he do to crushing. get my career going. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so here's Joel Alwyn. Joe. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. You too. This movie is absolutely phenomenal. Thank and you. You guys are great. I'm curious, what is it like working with a director like Yorgos? It's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I was such a fan of his films before. I think he's such a you know unique, special director. His films really are unlike anyone else's films, and he has such a singular, specific, slightly crazy mind. Uh, yeah. The idea of being a part of a project that he was uh, involved on with a script like this was just exciting. Uh, he's pretty... Um, unconventional as a director and yeah. uh, you can feel a little lost at the beginning because he doesn't steer you particularly he'll tell you if you're not doing what he wants but there's no real I, I felt no real conventional sense of direction but after a while if you kind of give yourself into that then uh, and are willing to kind of uh, realize you're not going to really know what's going on it's it's a lot of fun what was your favorite aspect about this particular role I like I liked all of it, but I I suppose I like some of the more absurd, bigger physical moments. So some of the the interplay with Emma's character, the chasing around in the forest, some the dancing with Rachel, um, just the kind of absurdity and the size of it was <laughs> was fun to play with. That dance was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of the scene with uh, Emma in the forest, you got pretty slapped pretty good, and mm-hmm. I wondered did she ever make contact? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, she hit me. <laughs> Yeah, we we uh, we went for it. There were uh, definitely have some bruises. 
Yeah, really? <laughs> well, we were diving around and uh, pretty much playing rugby. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Do you, in your opinion, would you consider the Queen the original OG player? Well, I don't, th I mean, I think she's actually, she's a pretty lonely, isolated character and she's the one, you know, she gets, she gets used, like lots of people get used. Um, and it's kind of, her story's kind of tragic as well, I feel like with Rachel's character and everything's up for interpretation, but there is a real tenderness and love between the two of them that, um, without giving anything away, you know, uh, falls apart at least at points. And uh, and Abigail, Emma's character, uh, you know, uses her. The Queen thinks she might be getting one thing from her, but I, I think that's... Uh, Abigail's pretty cutthroat and ruthless with what she wants. <laughs> and then you, you have three uh, female characters in this film, and I'm, they're all devious. And I'm curious, who's the most devious cast member on the set? Yogos. Mm, <laughs> 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 and it's one of my favorite aspects of this film is the set. Mm. I'm curious what it was like filming in, on that set because it is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it was beautiful. It makes such a difference and it's so nice being in a place like that rather than a soundstage just because you're there all day. And a lot of it was shot using natural light, so there wasn't kind of the clutter of too much equipment around you. You were just in these in this house and in these beautiful costumes and wigs and, and heels and yeah, a lot of that kind of does the work for you. One of my favorite things about period pieces is just like, like along with the sets, but just the props around like that. Mm -hmm. If you could take one prop off that set and take it home with you, Ooh, I'd have to see what would you take? Maybe I'd take, uh, can I choose an animal? I'd take the horse. I'd take my <laughs> horse with me. Yeah. Awesome, absolute pleasure meeting Thanks. you. Thanks. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, yeah. all right, lucky Joe. Good. Uh, where do you want to go next? I will uh, since I think she's the lead. We'll keep her last. We'll start uh, with Miss Rachel Vice. Oh, she's great. We had to wait for her for a while because they did not know that a marathon was going right across the street, and she was a block away and could not get to oh, us. So we sat heavens. there. We sat for an hour waiting for her. All right, Rachel Vice. It's an absolute pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. This film is absolutely phenomenal, and you're phenomenal in it. Um, what makes Yorgo such a unique director? I don't know, have you got an hour? And I would tell you, he's just complete, his imagination yeah. is what makes him unique. The tone that he brings to a film, uh, the degree of um, uh, powerful emotion, ridiculousness, absurdism uh, in this film, a sense of a thriller, the sense of a love story, a political thriller. He brings so many different colors um, yeah. and in his own unique way, crafts a, a, a Lanthimos universe. <laughs> when you got your hands on the script, what initially attracted you to it? Everything attracted me about the script. The the fact that there's not one, not two, but three women um, in the central roles driving the story, fighting each other for power um, and for love and for favor and for um, essentially running England. Yeah. That's the, those, those are the stakes. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're fabulous characters, very well drawn, very complex, not just one thing. They're powerful and vulnerable. They're needy and cruel. They're many, many things. And, uh, you mentioned the three uh, female characters. Well, another character, in my opinion, is the location itself mm. because it's gorgeous. And I'm curious what it was like to film at that location. So, we, yes, we filmed in Hatfield House, which is about half an hour north of London. And it's the most beautiful. It's a um, it's, um, it's a palace and in fact Elizabeth I lived there when she was a little girl um, before she became queen so mm. there's so much history there and it's incredibly beautiful. Well, one of my favorite things about period pieces uh, and are the sets but also the props that are around. If you could take one prop off that set and take it home with you, what would you take? I'd love to have the maze. Oh. There's a huge, I don't have a garden big enough for it but if <laughs> I did I'd love to have a big hedge, hedge row maze. And then there are the, 
the three characters are all devious and sinister. Who is the most devious uh, cast member on set? Oh, no one's that devious. <laughs> Every, uh, they've got a filthy sense of humor, both of them, though, all three of us. Absolute pleasure meeting you. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. And there she is. Some people call her Mrs. Daniel Craig. She's beautiful. Oh, I she's, know that. Good actress. Uh, okay, Emma Stone. Yep. Emma Stone, I, I, I actually said, like, can you do no wrong? <laughs> Seriously. She's amazing. She really is. And I haven't seen that show that uh, Lee's been raving about. I know Kat watched do Maniac on uh, Netflix. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, she's in that too. Sue watched it. She, she, said, she said that she had some problems with the show itself, but oh. that the performances were great. It's Emma Stone. All right. It's an absolute pleasure to see you again. Nice to see you. This movie is fantastic. And I'm sorry, if you don't get nominated for anything... The world's not right. I mean, I don't know that that's the case, but that's a nice <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> what is it like working with a director like Yorgos? Um, it's pretty wonderful. He's really, you know, when I first seen his his film Dogtooth, because when I first met him, The Lobster and Sacred Deer hadn't come out, I thought that he was going to be um, an insane person, like totally <laughs> scary to sit down with. And then he ended up being so funny and normal and nice and kind and thoughtful. And I was like, oh, that's not. So really, your art can be your shadow side and you can just be like a really great kind person. Sure. So being around him is just is just great. And, yeah. um, and yet his eye for storytelling and tone and the way he wants something to come across is so unique and specific. And um, – yeah, I just, I loved it. This kind of role is something we don't get to see you in a lot. Usually it's, a, you know, on the other side. Is it something that you want to embrace more or is it? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I, I guess I want to embrace anything that I haven't gotten to do before. Yeah. You know, anything that, that can stretch me in, in that way or is, you know, ch- challenging in that way. So, um yeah. <laughs> I was talking with Joe, and he said uh, how you guys had the, the scene in the forest. And I asked if you actually made contact when you slapped him, and he said, yes, you did. Yes. I'm curious if that was either directed to or that was intentional. Oh, no, no, no. That was, that was uh, well, on, on screen. I mean, I, I did a play where I had to be slapped every night, and you do actually, oh, wow. like, get a slap. But you learn how to – there's sort of like an actor slap yeah. where they make contact with a certain part of your face and you move at the same time. <laughs> so it's not as painful. Um, he said there yeah. were some bruises. He had some bruises? Yeah. I had some bruises. Because <laughs> I had a lot of bruises, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, it was all worth it, though. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things in this uh, film is the set. It's just, it, it's almost a life of itself. Yeah. And uh, was there, like, what was it like working in on that set? It was amazing. It wasn't a set. I mean, it was a location. Yeah. So that was really, really incredible to be in this actual uh, place, this actual palace that, you know, Queen Elizabeth I spent days as a kid and the Queen Anne's one of Queen Anne's thrones was in one of the rooms oh, wow. and we couldn't touch it but it was in there <laughs> um, so it was really cool that it had all of this history and it just sort of instantly transported you to that time period one of the one of the things I love about period pieces is that there's the, not only the sets but the props around and, and whatnot if you could take one prop home with you what would you take and you can't oh, say the God. crown why not? You said if I can take one. I do want the crap. Does a bunny count? Sure. I'd take a bunny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, I love the, the three characters in this. Like, you know, there's this most devious, I want to say sinister, you know, just I love them. Yeah. On set, who was the most devious cast member? Nobody. Nobody was very devious on set. Nobody? I wouldn't say that that, that, that uh, carried into real life at all. Everybody's pretty, pretty 
thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, I mean, yeah, thankfully. <laughs> my last question I, I like to ask everybody, because I think it tells a lot about a person, what is your go-to karaoke song? God, that's a really good question. I've been uh, <laughs> I've been trying to mess with "She's So High" by Tall Backman Ooh, lately. Fancy. Yeah, I always like. I also like "I Love You Always Forever" by Donna Lewis. Oh, that's nice. a good one. Perfect. It's a little high for me, but you know, <laughs> what can you do? Absolute <laughs> pleasure seeing you again. Nice to see you. Have a great day. And there she is, Woo-hoo. Emma Stone. All right, Jimmy, thank you. Yeah, check it out. It's uh, it'll probably be playing at the Broadway. I think. All right, it comes now, out December fourteenth. Uh, next week. Oh my God. Good Lord. Yeah. You feel you thought we had star power today. Yeah. Next week, Sandra Bullock. Yep. Uh, Steve Carell, Robert Zemeckis. Yep. Emily Blunt, Emily Mortimer, Lin Manuel Miranda, uh, yeah. and a whole bunch more. Yeah. So. So as we record that, I've done two of those movies. I've done Bird Box and then uh, Mary Poppins Returns. As we record it in like three days, I fly out to Dallas to go interview Steve Carell and Robert Zemeckis. Mm. Someone's getting a peek of my tattoo. Yes. Someone's going to sign my flux capacitor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you soon next week. Thank you.